We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Hey, hello! Hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something different, and this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is February 2019, and in honor of the upcoming Robert Rodriguez-directed Alita Colon Battle Angel, we are talking Sin City for this month's commentary track. No dames, no killing for. <laughs> yes, yeah. the, the original 2005 Sin City. And uh, joining Abe and I to discuss Sin City, we have from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast gearing up for a hard goodbye, it's Brandon Peters. Yeah, time to be a yellow bastard. Die, I don't got nothing. From the HHWLD <laughs> Podcast Network and the Nothing's On podcast, he is a real yellow bastard, it's Jim Dietz. I brought my hatchet, some... Rubber tubing and my myths. <laughs> and from MGM, he's been to hell and back. It's Peter Paris. Hey, hey, everyone. How are the three of you doing tonight? Good. Yeah, good, good. Nice. Doing middle. swell. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's not. It's been raining a lot in LA, so it was uh, not too bad today. It, it's Ooh. cold all over. Glad to hear. So we got it is. It is quite cold up here as well. It is, but when you're a commuter like I am, I do not have a car, so the rain especially sucks. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, the cold uh, is not that bad. I, I, I've, I've seen you ride on one of those rent-a-scooters, so yeah. it's. Uh... <laughs> yes, that's true. Always yes, wear a helmet. I do not, but I'll, I should. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, you got a big head, too, so, you know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about Peter's head. Let's um, let's talk about what we're doing this evening. We're going to talk about since we're talking. We're going to talk about Sin City. Uh, we're doing a commentary track. What that means is the five of us. We have an ensemble cast for this commentary track. Uh, we are going to play the movie and talk over it, all about the film and whatever else we come to comes to mind. Um, what you have to do, if you're following along, you can pair the film up with our recording. Um, we have it paused. For me, it's seven seconds in. It's basically where the Dimension Films logo is fully formed. So it says Dimension Films on the screen. I have it paused right there. I'm going to count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're all going to just start playing the movie and talking. Um, if you're not following along, you're just listening to the podcast without the movie playing, you're good. You just sit there and be comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything I need to go over. Uh, you guys all ready? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one. Go. Okay, so I feel like I already know Jim's answer, but who's read the Sin City comics? Oh, I, I read. I I did. I read. I don't wait. I don't know. Wait, how many are? I know I've read at least one. There are wait. Jim. Are there seven books total? I think? There are seven seven stories total, plus some uh, you know other ancillary tales and whatever that mm-hmm. you put out. I've read some of them. Maybe I have read more than one. Here's what I want to ask: Whatever happened to Marley Shelton? Uh, she she's on the uh, the Valentine uh, a Blu-ray that comes out on Tuesday. Uh, there's a big about twenty minute interview with her. Uh, cool. She she still does a little she still does uh, acting. Um, she was in but... Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse a couple mm-hmm. years later after this. She had yeah, a lead as Planet. Right. She was a lead yeah, in yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah. leads. Let's talk yeah, about the this... scene real quick before we go on to our comic knowledge. This is the this was the test. This was the first scene that Robert Rodriguez shot to as proof of concept essentially. He used huh. this story, which is one of the short stories in, was it Booze, Broads, and Bullets? Um, mm-hmm. The I think it's The Customer's Always Right. And he had, yes, he had Josh Hartnett and Mar- Marley Shelton like playing this. Because kind of, it's a pretty small scene compared to the rest mm-hmm. of this movie. And it, it just showed, 
it was Robert, Robert Rodriguez's way of showing that he could make this work. He can make this noir aesthetic work using digital cameras to create this black and white world of with like spots of color. And it does like it's a it's a great like looking scene. It's a you have like this the use of red, the way the eyes light up in a certain the point, eyes. the the mm. use of lighters to shit like it's it's such a. I mean, we'll talk about this throughout the film, but this is like the idea of bringing Sin City to life and doing it in such a direct way, down to the way color is used. Even though Rodriguez adds some flourishes, it's it's completely ambitious and very like it's such an intriguing way to to make a film come to life. Something that you. You, you can only see by the way Rodriguez chose to do it using digital cameras and having the technology he had to kind of do it this this way. And for people not familiar with the it's, comic, this is this is the aesthetic of the comic too. I mean, it's all black and white with touches of color. We see here this like silhouette thing that's mm-hmm. storyboarded right from the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else Frank Miller said about this opening scene is that the woman has actually hired the hitman to kill her. Ah. Uh, he explained he explained in an interview that uh, she had uh, uh, ratted out a mobster boyfriend. He vowed to kill her in the most uh, you know, terrible and hideous and painful way possible. So she has hired this hitman to take herself out. There was so, a lot of uh, you know, internet stuff where it was like, who, who killed her? Who decided to kill her? And I remember uh, just never really knowing the answer. And now I have that answer. So thank you, Jim. Yeah. No problem. Because well, I always wonder, because he does say, I'll cash, like, it's right here, right? He's about to say, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll cash my cash in the morning. I mean, yeah. So I, I was actually, because he says her, I was always like, I'm like, is it the one who he just killed? So I did wonder that. So, huh, that's interesting to know. I just wanted to say it before the scene was over. I love this title a, a reveal coming up, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way this is all structured to bring into the opening credits, the, the way the city <laughs> forms to the title, and then you get this... Mm-hmm. The, these you get all these frames from the comic now that are going to show the cast of characters and what a terrific cast you have in this movie! Oh my, <laughs> quite yeah. large. Yeah. By the but, way, Jim, uh, Jessica Alba, or Jessica Alba, uh, Marley Shelton was in Rampage last year. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, she's in the opening. <laughs> I, I missed yeah. that one. I'll have to I'll have to go back and check it out. <laughs> we'll talk about the various casting choices as we get to them because there's so many people here and there's a lot of the people that like very much fit like what what i would oh, expect yeah. and some that don't quite but are like well they're doing their thing but anyway i want to get back to our comics thing before we kind of move too far past that so so peter you've read maybe one that's where we left off I believe. right i've read at least i've probably read more than one it was such a long time ago though but yeah hey guys i just want to say why his name is on the screen this is a pretty big high profile movie and everything he had a lead in it uh, for Mickey Rourke, don't call this a comeback. Wait till the wrestler, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I still think this is one of his best roles, though. I really. Oh, do. it is. No, we'll, it's, we'll, we'll it's, talk more yeah, about Mickey Rourke as we get. He has the first story, so we'll get to that. But Abe, have you yeah. ever read any of the, uh, the comic? I remember looking at a lot of the artwork, but I never read the the comic books because I was super into art, comic art when I was younger. Jim, I know you've read all of them. Right? I have the collected uh, big, uh, big damn uh, Sin City book, actually. Mm-hmm. And when the comics came out, this is kind of the height of uh, of Frank Miller's fame. I mean, he had just come off of his uh, run on Daredevil that he was famous for with David Masekeli. He had just done The Dark Knight Returns, and uh, this is when he decided he didn't want to work for DC or Marvel for a long time. He wanted to do his own thing, and he started pro- uh, publishing with Dark Horse. Uh, this. And also the Martha Washington series that he did with uh, Watchmen's Dave Gibbons mm-hmm. about the same time. So, mm. well, just as a side note here, I gotta say, uh, people who've listened to me ramble on about my 
non-love for Bruce Willis. I gotta say, Bruce Willis looks pretty good here. He does. He looks good. Yeah. I mean, this is how long ago is this movie? When was Sin City? This is, this is 2005. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're talking like 14 years ago. So yeah, he now, was still so. trying occasionally. Yeah. The turning point for Willis is 2012. That's when he stops giving mm-hmm. a rip about anything. But right, right. here. <laughs> Like, oh, he's solid here. No, I was, I, like, I was gonna say yeah, we we we've, we've talked a lot about Will because we just did an Unbreakable. We just did last month. Yeah, this is two months of Willis in a row. Two yeah. months of Will, yeah. and we also we got Powers Booth coming up, and we just did Tombstone two months. Hashtag ago. Big Willie style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I was we were talking about Willis's best performances, and I kind of f- forgot about Sin City, but actually he is very good in this movie. Like yeah. I think he handles the noir dialogue very well. I think he's as opposed to, to Madsen, who yeah, uh, I think Madsen's one of the weaker hits <laughs> in this movie. Who yeah. you think Michael Madsen would kind of line up with something like this? But I just don't think he nails yeah. the delivery of the lines here. Yeah, I, I, I think, totally agree. I think it's probably on purpose here, but you get you have this movie has Willis, Madsen, and Mickey Rourke, who at one time were all probably going for similar roles in same yeah. actor. Interesting. Like Willis was the top of you know top you know cream of the crop and Rourke did a lot more dramatic stuff but there were like times going to like the rental store when I was a kid there'd be a, a movie with Mickey Rourke on the front I'd be like is that Bruce w-? oh no it's that Mickey Rourke guy <laughs> who's in all the sex movies um but uh and then Michael Madsen was kind of like a poor man's Willis early you know kind of early on a little darker side less good guy qualities I, to him and i get if i had the books in front of me or just like an encyclopedia of sin city in front of me i could probably line him up with a character i think he's more suited for but i just something about him in this role just feels so off and just the way he sits like he says bum ticker and it just like yeah. it doesn't feel natural and like That's i'm not saying that yeah. i'm not saying all the other characters like have this definite read on what their character is supposed to be but i do think that michael madsen's capable of more than what he does here Oh, totally. It's a small role, so it's not the worst thing, but I just it it all it stands out for me enough to be like 15 years later. I'm still thinking about how Michael Madsen seems like the weaker link. Some some actors do better with this kind of like stilted noir dialogue than others. I mean, Willis does a great job with it, and Rourke mm-hmm. does a great job with it. But yeah, I, I agree. Madsen is kind of the the odd man out, especially in this sequence. This is a nice little scene with the two hitmen talking about the car schlub and. Uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Nick Offerman. Schlub and Ix. Uh, yeah. Clump. Clump. But yeah, it's uh, Nick Offerman in a, a young yeah, person. Yeah. So this way before Parks and Rec, way before... Yeah, there he is. Oh my god, I did not yeah, recognize him. Yeah, it's Nick uh-huh. Offerman. Ron oh, Swanson. Right. Yeah, and Rick Gomez. You think of Ron Swanson and you think, like, on that one Parks and Rec, which is, what, like, mid, late, two, late 2000s, early aughts, like you think he's much older, but like he he was only he was like in his thirties still when he made this movie. <laughs> like it's <laughs> he, he's not an old guy. I mean he has the mustache he, yeah, and stuff, he, so he it makes him look older. Old. But... Yeah. I have read all the comics, by the way. I think I feel like I've probably made that clear already in how I've been talking about this. But I I, I um picked up the the um the hard goodbye. In the late 90s i think and i was like there's huh. more of these and i picked up all the rest of them right. it's like wow these are very easily digest digestible in the same way that i guess you know, know. Like, actual pulp novels back in the, the I, 20s 30s can i ask a, can i ask a question um okay so as i recall here's sorry here's terminator 3's nick stall we did a commentary for terminator 3 here's nick mm-hmm. stall <laughs> <So laughs> we're completing the nick stall chronicles <laughs> 
That, that other Nick Stahl movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two titles? Um, you, you do wait, Carnival and have a Yeah, we'll do our Carnival commentary. Yeah. <laughs> can, okay. I, can I ask a question for anybody who's a, I guess, like a Frank Miller expert or a comic expert? So wait. I love. Oh, yeah. I like the Shariter Willis pulls out the gun. There's a lot of like fun editing tricks that Rodriguez. That's just a fun one. I like that. All right, mm-hmm. go, Peter. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, wait. So, Dark Knight is it? Dark Knight Returns. Is Returns. that what it is? Dark Knight yes. Returns. Right. Yeah. So that's that's written in the late '80s, right? That's, that's '86. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, when is 300 in Sin City? Sin City's so, uh, the, 91, right? The first novel. Yeah, they started. It started in Dark Horse Presents in '91. Uh, there was also uh, Ronin, which he did uh-huh. was his last work for DC that came out right after Dark Knight Returns. He mm. took a little bit of time off, and then uh, Sin City came out in 300 as well. Both uh, uh, Dark Horse. He also had Batman Year One too, in addition to yeah, Dark yeah. Knight Returns, which he wrote. Returns, he only right? wrote that though. I just I just heard that. Um, Frank Miller, and I don't know if it was a 9-11 thing or something, that his politics had become a lot more... <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, he's batshit crazy. He really is. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, but, he, he, <laughs> he's the Dennis Miller of uh, comic writers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At one time, you were you were engaged with his work. Now, yeah, you can, there was um, a long time where he, in grappling with 9-11, he wanted to make this ultimate like Batman comic in the style of like 300. It's like this ultra-wide frame, which turned into Holy Terror, where it's not Batman, but it's a vigilante who takes on many, many brown terrorists, and it's it's very much um, it's the not, most uncomfortable in the most culturally uncomfortable way possible. Yeah, it's a very insensitive comic. That's but it has like these huge yeah. panels in the same way the three hundred does, and it's like wow. <laughs> well, that, after he did Spirit and everything, which I mean we haven't touched on that either, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk more about, about the, the movie. We'll more but about who the directed director. Spirit? Frank Miller did. Frank Miller yeah. did. Oh, he directed. After, ah, after, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay, so this is before. So this is after after Dark Knight, but before. Oh Night. yeah. So okay, all right. Because I mean, yeah, because as I recall, because I also read Dark Knight. Like it's pretty critical of like the Reagan administration and everything. It's well, it, not because it's because yeah, it's yeah. it's hardcore satire. Like that's the that's the difference between him then versus him now. <laughs> like it's it's actually it's commenting on something. And it has it has a, a stance and it's yeah it is critical, uh, but it's also like witty. <laughs> like it's it's doing it's adding like an aspect that basically Snyder forgot to put in his films that you know heavily riff off the Miller stuff. Oh right. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. Um, this is all. This is we're talking all over this Bruce Willis stuff, but this is why I think it's such a very good performance. He's very like you believe his commitment to saving this girl. Like it's you're all right. in on this. Like even as comicky as it is with him getting shot a bunch of times and the <laughs> the white blood and just the way they're you know you're spouting off hard boiled noir dialogue, you still like believe was like he wants to do this thing to save this girl. Also, he shot Nick Stall in the balls. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Um, well, it's weird because you guys earlier were talking about the notion of like who works and who doesn't in this in this cast. And um, yeah, I think you're right, Matt Madsen. But I mean, my favorite has I mean, I guess we'd all agree. My fa- I mean, it's not probably not just the character, but the actor, but it's probably Mickey Rourke. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a, there's oh, a yeah. soulfulness yeah. to what he's doing here. Like I made the joke about the wrestler. Oh, I is. thought this was a comeback more than, you know, the wrestler. Like, I. I don't, I don't dislike the wrestler, but it's like 
the, all the praise for that performance, like, he did do this basically the same in that, you know, yeah. this, like, yeah. this movie. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like no. people were like, well, it's a, it's a new turn for Mickey. Where it's like, I just saw him do this like a couple years prior. Like, good on him for doing it again in a realistic movie, I suppose. But it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all here. Jamie King before she became James King? Or is it, or is it James and then Jamie King? I think it's uh, James Gum. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did she change her name? I she know was, she's Jamie King. Or in the past, she was Jamie King. And then she became like, there was James King for a minute. She's Jamie King in uh, Bulletproof, she, Bulletproof Monk, the Chinese okay. movie. So, which might be the same. Speaking Evil of, Frodo. Speaking of well cast, Elijah yeah. Wood is brilliant in this. He's like, great. He's great in this. It's, it's so really creepy. Big. He's so perfect, and the, I mean, we had the 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 cinema t- like how this movie didn't get more acknowledgement for like how great the technical aspects are is beyond me because there's so much craft here uh, that speaks to exactly how much of a pioneer Rodriguez has always been working with like you know nothing budgets well, and doing it himself. Because yeah. at this time the, the Academy voters, unless you were were Lord of the Rings, they were, pre- I mean, they were pretty anti computer stuff still. I mean, yeah. we've only seen like recently were with uh what was that ang lee film that they tri- tricked him yeah well, life of pi yeah. where you trick them into thinking it's real stuff but like they there's a lot of old people in the academy that they see the computer stuff and they think it's their practical friends losing jobs all the time so there's like a well, very there was... anti there was a, there was a problem with that for a long time with anything any kind of popular uh blockbuster movies getting attention and or like com- computer uh heavy made movies it, it probably doesn't help that rodriguez resigned from the dga to make this yeah, movie <laughs> like, yeah it seems like they probably didn't probably wouldn't have gone over the best although it did get like what like a special prize at the king the the james Conn's film festival Mm-hmm. James Conn. James Conn. Yeah, he, he hosts it, right? He hosts it at his villa. In the, in the... That's pretty much, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then his son, his son Scott's there. Yeah, he's on the head. Of Scott's the always, Scott's always ahead of the jury. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, I mean, other than uh, I, the only movie I can even think of that comes close to like emulating the the source material of comics as much as this does would maybe be Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Yeah. I mean, because like the, I'm, I. You know, you can't emphasize enough to people who have never read the comic. I mean, this they use the storyboard, the comic as the storyboard. I mean, shot for shot, shape for shape. And, uh, you know, when it comes to just pure filmmaking uh, uh, skill, I mean, this movie is, is unequaled, I think. I, I, I mean, like I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't, it's funny because my wife totally hates this movie. I took her to see it in the theater. <laughs> she sat there with her arms folded the entire time and just made faces. She hated the violence. She hated the, the noir uh, dialogue or whatever. But like I really appreciate just the, on the stance of pure filmmaking and and creation as far as you know, like you said, this is very early use of CG. Um, the 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 faithfulness they're able to bring the the images from the comic to the screen is unparalleled in like any other movie I can think of, pretty much. Would you um, would you add Watchmen to that? Yeah, yeah I think I, I was gonna say Watchmen does. Yeah, to degree, that's that. It does, it, it does it to its detriment. Where yeah, I was like, gonna say almost yeah. too much. Too, like, 
too much. Like the first half is just right there. It's all panel for panel. The yeah. second half, I think, is kind of it rushes through stuff. But yeah, it is a it's a slavish recreation of a lot of the the panel work. Like it's and three hundred for that matter too. Like three hundred, you know, it has to add stuff just for the sake of it's a short book. But, but like, but it, Rodriguez, get, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. But Rodriguez gets Sin City and no, what I makes agree. It work. Yeah, I oh, think no, no, Snyder yeah. did totally did not get Watchmen at all. So <laughs> that, that's the issue. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. granted, there is. There's more complicated things going on in Watchmen. That doesn't ex- excuse <laughs> what's going on, but I mean, but you right. know, Sin City's, you know, it's right there in front of you. But at, at the same time, yes, Rodriguez does kind of get why this works and how to do this as a film, and not just like right. an exercise in proving you can make this happen, but more of a, I understand, I can re- he can relate to Miller. He can relate to these, you know, the aesthetic, the the qualities of noir, what it means to kind of put something like this to life in a modern kind of way. Like, yeah, I, I see that for sure. And as far as yeah, I don't, I don't completely know. I, dedicated, I, like, comic adaptation, yeah, it's hard to hard to beat something like this as far as kind of slavish recreation of the panels. I, yeah. I, I sort of, I I agree overall, but I, I would like to say that I, I kind of feel like the reason, I don't want to go t- too far on this, but I think the, the reason to me that Snyder's Watchmen is not a success the way Sin City is, 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 more, it's more about that. I've said this a million times. It's more that I always feel like Snyder's more of a director for trailers than for the actual movie. If that makes like when you're watching this movie, I always feel it feels like a trailer. Like it doesn't really. So actually, as I recall, the opening of Watchmen, I forgot. There's a big opening with a song, right? Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. yeah. The, um, Times they are changing. That's yeah. a great scene. Like I remember seeing that scene and being like, "Whoa, this is really good," you know. And then the movie happened, but I like. I I'd say I've said Snyder's one of the best uh, second unit directors given dire- uh, <laughs> directorial jobs around because his I mean he does really good stuff in his movies like I I think there is a lot of talent there I just think a lot of his things just don't come together or he just he needs a collaborator with him that's what I, that's to harness what I'm it say. in I feel yeah, like I, the, I, I I think much like Michael Bay and I don't want to go too far on this I'll just stick on this movie because we're gonna go down a rabbit hole with this but I think much like Michael Bay. He's only as good as the script that's given to him. Like he can do all he can with the visuals, but if he doesn't have a story to support or like yes, collaborators to work with, it it goes off the rails and it it doesn't it doesn't work with as much promise as it can even with the visuals that are present to kind of move you along through action sequences or what have you. Right. But we you know it's interesting you say that though is that like um Aaron and I and I don't know, I'm sorry if anybody else uh did are are Aaron and I the only ones who saw Alita? So far, yeah. yes. Yeah. So far, yes. Yeah. So at, yeah. at the screening we went to, they had a little like video Q and A, and one of the things that Rodriguez said was that he feels that he's kind of a collaborator type director, and that and I could de- like I definitely think Alita feels very Cameron, and I guess this feels very faithful to Miller. Oh, wow. uh, so it's interesting because I mean, don't be wrong, I'm a big fan of. Uh, El Mariachi and Desperado and well, not, it's not the Spy Kids movies as much but I mean like the first I, two Spy Kids movies are, they're better than most of Rodriguez's other movies <laughs> well Spy Kids yeah, I mean I you do. make a good point Peter because if you look at look at or even early on from Dust Till Dawn oh, and, like the, uh-huh. and the faculty that's working oh, that's with Cameron too. and then working with Kevin Williamson right. Tar- Tarantino where you can see his collaborator really yeah. seeping through so it's interesting that you were bringing up the thing about Snyder. So it's almost like you're saying that in a weird way, Snyder and Rodriguez have a similar talent for. Um, I do. Th- I think. I think they're I mean, all. Got... But for some reason, it, it it works better with Rodriguez. Well, I, I think guess. they're all guys that kind of 
grew up making i mean every filmmaker i would presume has you know made films on their own and did their things their own way or what have you and this just comes down to circumstances and rodriguez is a guy that you know pulled himself up by his bootstraps raised his own money and created a as an his book is works. really good yeah created an aesthetic that works for him and he happened to also like befriend carantino and go a certain direction with things or whatnot um We'll talk more about Rodriguez. I just we're glossing over so many things as we're going through this. Not that this needs to be scene specific, but yeah, all this Marv stuff is great. What I also really like is how the film wisely doesn't fo- doesn't make it story story story. It like laces the other stories in. Like we had the mm-hmm. short to, to begin with. We had the opening of the Yellow Bastard of Bruce Willis, where you get like the first part of it, and it finds a natural place where you want to cut that off. Then it goes to Marv's story. And within Marv's story, they're like, hey, let's set up Clive Owen's character, who's in the next story, but we're going to set him up now. Like, there's a lot... That's very... Like, if you want to talk about, like, getting how a movie like this is working, like, it's one thing to recreate the comics panel by panel and book by book and do everything to key. But Rodriguez is really smart here, where he's like, I have a universe... I'm going to show you that universe, not just show you pieces of it one at a time. I'm going to really put it together to make it feel like it all it all co- coheres together, and it, it it's great. It's great for that matter. Like that's a it's a a great way to do something like this while still staying very true to the comics, which isn't always necessary, but certainly doesn't hurt in this instance. It is it is great. I I I think that it's a good idea to to lay to pepper in other elements of, of the other stories um, early on. But I will say, as I recall, and again, I have not seen this movie in quite a while. As I recall, I, I have always felt that Marv's story is the strongest. Uh, although I do like the, I do uh, what you brought up. I do like Frodo. I do like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> this, that's, this Marv's, that's Marv's story. That's this yeah, story. This is, this yeah. story. This is Frank Miller right here, by the way, as the priest. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Wait, that's, that's Frank Miller. Yeah, it's Frank Miller. He's oh, not wearing his hat. <laughs> and, and the Mar- and, uh, the Marv story was the first one published in the comics, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's what he looks like. Ah, interesting. Okay, um, I did not know that. I oh, mean, does he normally I, wear a hat? He normally wears like a cowboy hat. Yeah. So he's kind of like... not always, but like that's a general. That's one of his kind of signature things. He tends to wear a hat. <laughs> Like Tom McFarlane, I know what Tom McFarlane looks like without a hat, but he always he tends to wear a baseball hat a lot. Baseball cap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I had read somewhere, and I and it's it's this is kind of a weird scene to bring it up, but I had read that like a lot of what he was trying here is um, and I think Fincher would kind of do this too in a different way. Is that like a lot of the actors and the scenes are are not necessarily all the same take, or not even necessarily on the set at the same time. Like in that scene, it's confessional, so. You're absolutely. We have no idea when those actors could have shot those on different days. But like when Marv's at the bar and he's looking at Jessica Alba, supposedly all of that is all cobbled together. Oh, here I'll, I'll give you one better. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke and Elijah Wood have a fight scene together. They never met before the premiere of this movie. Wait, what? That's true. What, really? <laughs> well, no, it's the way Rodriguez filmed too. Yeah. This is when he was doing stuff in his little warehouse, mm-hmm. and and I mean you could since all the backgrounds and stuff. Or essentially green screen. Green screen. Green screen. Yeah. Anybody can show up at any time and be in the mood. Like, who knows? Maybe <laughs> Jamie King is. Uh, she got cast like after during a reshoot or something because someone else. They could easily do that. Like it's because of all the fantastical surrealness to how this world is. 
you can pull that off easily. Yeah, that's I mean, that's really what works about Rodriguez's like ambition here. He could he's he has his own studio. He that's it's why that proof of concept works so well. It's like you don't need sets, you don't need anything. He can make all of this stuff work, especially in a highly stylized world, and you don't even need the actors to be in on the same day, which I guess mm-hmm. For a film like this, where you don't need to rely on the emotional truth of a scene to get down to the essence of a character, you can right. have people like spaced apart and just film their scenes separately, uh, which adds to the kind of, I'm not going to say stilted, but there's certainly a you know, deliberate way of delivering lines in this movie. Well, would you say that, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's a documentary Rodriguez, it's probably, I want to say it's like The Phantom Menace or something like that, but there's something where... Rodriguez is talking about how George Lucas was talking about the future of movies is like digital. Mm-hmm. And he's got some line where he's like, I'm going to follow Obi-Wan or something like. So the prequels have a lot of that. The prequels are a lot well, of green screen and stuff. So well, two is two is where it like really kicked in. Two and three. Uh, two, yeah, they because were... that two is the first one he shot completely digitally. Wait, so wait, the Phantom Menace. You that's think shot that... on film. The Phantom Menace has like a record at the time for most practical effects in a movie. Yeah, it had most practical, it had more practical effects than all three trilogy original trilogy movies combined. Roger, um, Roger. Because when I think of the prequels, I think of them as being very green screen. People have uh, a lot of things they like to think of when they think of the prequels. The <laughs> only the only real green screen stuff in the Phantom Menace is uh, uh, Coruscant yeah. exteriors. Those are that's pretty much pretty much it. But yeah. so yeah, so looking here, like so, you're saying right there that they were not together on the same set. They're not together. Very possible. They're wow. not. No, they're not together. I'm telling you, they they Rodriguez makes the note of this very often. He's like Elijah Wood and Mickey Rourke did not know each he, other. He's not even wearing a Charlie Brown sweater. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's good to have Abe here every now and then in these commentaries to get this valuable insight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these the heads. Yeah. yeah I love man. I love when we just riff. I love this all. I, I love listening to movie knowledge again. You guys drop tons of movie knowledge. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the... right here, that could be not even there at the same time. Yep. By the yep. way, Carla Gugino is going to say one of my favorite lines that sometimes I'll just say when my hands are cold. The, the made me watch thing? <laughs> no, he took my hand. Oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. By the way, she looks the same in The Haunting of Hill House as she does. Yeah, she does. She has yeah. Yeah. She might look younger in Haunting of Hill House, actually. Wow. The, um... What were we saying about digital? Yeah, the digital... So, the uh, Attack of the Clones, yeah, film completely digital, looks not great. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's always... It's kind of... It's a muddy movie. It's that early stage digital. Meanwhile, Rodriguez, you're completely right, Peter, as far as, yeah, he did listen to Lucas, and he's like, I, I embrace this, too. He was one of the early directors to embrace shooting fully digital, and it looks great. Like, this movie, like, something I I dislike about the sequel, The Dame to Kill For, is that it doesn't have this kind of grit to it. Like, there's something about the way he shot this movie, where it's, I guess it's just because of the technology, where it's early enough where you can still kind of see the dirt if you know what I mean, like it still kind of yeah. looks like gritty, but it has this digital sheen to it, so it's like it has this. It feels stylized. Dame to kill for obviously is stylized. It's shot the same way, but it just it feels less personal. You know, yeah, it seems you know a I mean? little cleaner, and that yeah. kind of is. It was probably not too. mastered for film, though. That's probably the uh-huh. difference. Yeah, once... It was 3D too. That was the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so, so you got, wait, are we all? Do you all are you all like thumbs down on Dame to Kill? I don't remember hating Dame to Kill. I don't hate it. It's just it, it feels like a step down compared to this movie. Like it it just feels. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I don't remember. Seen, oh yeah, it I mean, feels like, more just like it, which is weird because it's like it, it's not like everybody's involved. Like it's the same. It's the same group, but it's just I don't know. It feels more. 
in the same way, like, I don't know, the Machete movies, and just, like, right, I mean, this is what I talk about with Rodriguez in general, like, it's, him doing the stuff that he already knows how to do is less exciting than him doing new things. Right, like, yeah. It's almost like, uh, like, just going through the motions with those, where he was, like, really excited about the format here. The I other see. one's just kind of like, yeah, I'll make a movie. And it's like, yeah, at the, at the same time, it's like, I never feel like, feel like he's not passionate about the films he's making because he's doing mm-hmm. them all himself. Not obviously all himself, but I mean, he's doing them outside of Hollywood. He's being a rebel, as he likes to say, uh, yeah. as, he's, as one of his five children is named. Um, but like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 you know, he has a way of doing things where it's like every ounce of effort he puts into these things. And yet, yeah, you have things like, machete kills and and like the fourth spy kids movie or you know some of these other throwaway things that just don't feel like they have that same kind of passion in them despite being like technically well done like he did all you know he he like has seven different credits on all of his movies (laughs) like so it's it's not like he's not there but it just yeah it doesn't that's that's why i was excited for alita because it's like okay he's this is something new a giant budget movie with fellow you know rebel james cameron like that's that's a that's that's a neat pairing i like i want to see where that goes i also just want to say this is like the quickest turn of events for carla's character i mean she loses her hand and then boom (laughs) done but yeah some great action coming up yeah Yeah. the mar fighting stuff is like great Did uh did Tarantino direct any of these little vignettes? He we'll talk about his scene. He he directed mm-hmm. one scene in this it's movie. Not about one scene, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He's especially he's credited as special guest director, which I think yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> I'd like to see that like some of the other like in I don't know like in Scarface special desk director Steven Spielberg. Or in uh what uh, Revenge of the Sith special guest director Steven Spielberg again like it's just like certain scenes they now, these guys now I want to talk about this really quickly as he's walking through the rain here with his coat on uh I, it feels as though a lot of movies kind of like this movie came out and there were a lot of copycats and one that comes to mind is Aaron's worst movie of like whatever is uh, Max Payne where it's like let's make this ultra stylized and make it look super cool and it's like yeah but you're missing a lot of elements of first of all the game and also <laughs> just like a story of a real movie and so the stylized just doesn't really work sometimes max Payne is a movie so bad that it it it's a movie based on a game about a man who has two guns and kills a bunch of people and it has very little action in it (laughs) well actually i've played the game game's fun yeah the uh, game the game is fun and it's full of like a guy doing a thing with guns and the movie's like we're gonna scrap most of that for some reason and just have mark Wahlberg, noir hero mark Wahlberg, skulk around and you know how the game tells you the backstory right away because that's how you know how to be driven by a character and in that kind of setting. The movie's like, we're going to withhold that information until about halfway through. It's it's a nonsense film. Max <laughs> Payne pulled a watch. Boom, baby. Oh. <laughs> well, now he becomes the world's greatest detective because now he's, uh, he's, he's Batman now. Marv. What? Marv is now the world's greatest detective. He's, yeah, he's decided. He's doing all that. Yeah, he's, he's decided to uh, to become a vigilante with a with a coat. I oh. do like what they're doing here with the with Jamie King's character, where you like they're twins, and so like one's in color and one isn't, and the film doesn't tell you that automatically because you're like, wait, what's the like, squirrelies here? You're just, you're, oh, just like, you're right. You're yeah. seeing her, you're uh. like you see her early on too, where she's like she's in black and white, even though you originally saw her like with the gold like her name's goldie with the golden mm-hmm. hair and now it's like wait so why is and so it's a neat like it, it hints you with that already just by not using color 
and now you're here with you know <laughs> understanding what's going on. She was uh by the way she was James King in Blow, Pearl Harbor, and Slackers. After that, she became Jamie. She she traded the S for an I. <laughs> Got it. Why are you calling you Wendy? That's my that's my uh, impersonation for all the um, the adherence to um, spot on. The, the, <laughs> for all the adherence to the comics in here, one of my favorite bits is like deleted from this part where like she keeps hitting him with the gun, and in the comic, Marv says, "Stop hitting me with that side because you'll bend the barrel. Hit me with the hit me with the handle." <laughs> like, yeah. it's just a funny like he's like, "If you want to torture me, don't hurt the gun." Like that's what he's that's what he's basically saying. Just being practical. I gotta say, one of my um, favorite images might be coming up. It's it's a uh, I remember it's Alexis Bledel's eyes, which we already saw. They're blue. Right, they're they're blue. blue. Yeah. There's a scene where she's walking, and it's it just I don't know. It's just so iconic to me. Yeah, that's when she's talking to uh, um, Jackie Boy. Jackie Boy. The, yeah. The yeah. Actually, Benicio del Toro. As much also as I my lo- other as favorite as line, get in the car, baby. <laughs> As much as I like this one, probably is the strongest story. I the the I like the visuals the most in the Big Fat Kill and the Yellow Bastard. I think that has the most iconic imagery in there. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like Marv, Marv Marv walking is pretty iconic, but like there's there's some shots with Clive Owen that I really like that are mm-hmm. that just like in the book. I'm like, how are they gonna make this come to life? And then like I saw the movie, like, oh, that's how they did it, and it's like really exciting. Oh, but and that that felt very Tarantino that. Rosario Dawson, uh, you know, would she say, I did the knots, that's my specialty. Yeah, that yeah. That, that line makes me laugh, because that's mm-hmm. such like a comic book line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. I do like how he's just, like, sitting in the chair, and he just, like, he's just waiting to, to like, convince yeah. the boot of his words. <laughs> and he just, like, gets up, breaks over you know, all the ropes. That that shot of everybody in the room, I, like, I highly doubt all of them were there. I'm, were there? At the same time, it okay. totally. I can see it now. Just oh yeah, they all look separate. Now I'm, it's, now I'm questioning every scene. It's a, it's an Avengers trailer of assembly shots right there. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> I like the look of Mars band aids. That does like that scene where he's they right. glow. When he's, yeah. When, he, when he's talking with Carla Gugino for the first time, and like mm-hmm. you have all the band aids mm-hmm. all over his face. That's a good shot because it's like yeah, you really get a stylized look at like what Marv's going. Like he's beaten up, but he and that I do like that model like too. It's like it's the the bad days. They're back. Like I like all that. Like it's there's a lot of good stuff for Marv to do, obviously in here. Mm-hmm. Like is like the the like this Evil Dead montage thing is coming up, right, Jim? The... Oh yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. That was another one in the comic. It's great because it's just like it's like nine squares that <laughs> like just show you all the things that he's just naming each one of them. He's like, how are they going to do that in the movie? Oh, they just show you those things. It's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the road signs are yellow. Just the way color pops up in here. See, I always think that his band-aids are like a nod to the fact that it comes from a two-dimensional uh, panel comic strip world. Because the band-aids always look flat. Well, yeah, that's part of it for sure. I mean, it, you have to, yeah. if you're, you know, you have to be so specific with how you use product. Here's the, all the stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rubber that's exactly gas, how it is in the comics. Uh, you just, see, you just yep. see individual shots of each one of these things. In my mitts. In my mitts. But yeah, I mean, for sure, Peter, the Band-Aids, like, they have to, you know, it's a, it's a neat way of having something stand out, for sure. It was a, it was a visual affectation used in the comic a lot, too, mm-hmm. with Marv. Yeah, because the comic, I mean, obviously there's 
there's no gray <laughs> the comic yeah. gets all black and white so you really have to emphasize silhouette in unique ways especially if you're doing it for you know multi-hundred page comic books so. mm-hmm. right. well, can i ask in case and i'm i'm you know it's gonna sound like such a uh, a noob or a, somebody who doesn't know about comics is frank miller also an artist or is he just the writer he was, he's an artist and a writer. He mostly just writes now, though, but um, he started out as both. Okay, so the so the illustrations in, in um this was that. all him, yeah. That, okay, so that is Frank Miller. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. His style his style now, tends to be very distinctive. Like you can tell which books are drawn by Frank right. Miller without having to like read. <laughs> I just want to say that uh, uh, Frodo's instincts very very good. You know. He just gets Molotov cocktail really quickly, and he just jumps out the window. In saying that Elijah Over the razor Wood, wire, yeah. In saying that Elijah Wood never meant me to work, part of it's because there's a stunt double, obviously. Yeah, I was going to so, be yeah. like, I don't <laughs> think Elijah Wood is good at, at uh, fighting. <laughs> I, can, I can see it. I see what you're saying. That's yeah. a great comic frame right there, just that kind of instance. Like the f- I mean, only, fr- only fra- even Elijah Wood's hair. Yeah. <laughs> Only fresh blood is red. I like that part too. Like the dry blood mm-hmm. is, you know, doesn't have any color to it. Oh, true. Yeah. Which is, I guess, interesting as far as the makeup thing goes for Mickey Rourke, because like he has wounds on his face that aren't red, but he has other parts of his face that are red because it's new blood. <laughs> so it's a lot of choices that he has to make. But when I guess when you have a digital camera, you can just stretch that image out and just fill in all the spots where you need it. Right. I use my hands to make that example, by the way. You just stretch that image out, and then you put the red in. I'm, like, painting <laughs> with my fingers as I'm saying that. <laughs> Making slime at home? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> use my iPad. Nice, this is a nice combination of the reveal and of Elijah Wood's expression, just, like, totally expressionless. Uh, expressionless after being made a quadriplegic uh, <laughs> by Mickey Ward. It's great. Yeah, acting. it's awesome. That's it's a, awesome. It's mm-hmm. like that's not. An, I don't think that's an easy thing for a performer to do to like to emote so much with nothing. <laughs> like, to to be so like completely like ambiguous as far as what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, like is he? Does he feel pain? Is he relishing this? Like what's happening with him? Right? Ah, he doesn't feel pain. Like, that look is so creepy. Ugh! He totally nails it. Yeah. Remember how exciting it was to watch the... Even if you didn't read the comic, how exciting the trailer was for this movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Was, this is yeah. a pretty buzzworthy trailer. Mm-hmm. So, wait. Aaron, usually know these things. How well did Sin City do at the box office? Uh, 100 million. Oh, wow. Uh, I think wow. domestic. I think I might... Let me... Hold on. I gotta get that. Hand. What happened to Jessica Alba? She had kids and was raising her family. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has like a, it has like a just, business, right? Or yeah, was... she she's got like a healthline business, I believe. One fifty eight worldwide. There we go. Seventy four domestic, uh, eighty four. By the way, I just want to say Jessica Alba, an enabler here in this movie. She was gonna take one beer and then was like, "No, I guess I'll take six. <laughs> <laughs> Not what uh, you should do, Jessica. Well, reviews were kind of mixed on this when it came out, right? It wasn't like. Uh, Overly praised? No, I thought I thought it was the... like mixed positive. It's uh, it's got a seventy-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's got it's got an eight on IMDb. I was sh- shocked yeah. by that. 
Oh, that's not shocking to me. That's this is a total like guys that vote on IMDb yeah, kind of a score. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this feels like the kind of thing Roger Ebert would have given four stars to. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was because a... of the just the the ambition and yeah, like yeah, there's. He's always been a fan of. I mean, there's some he's not as huge on, but he's been a, he's been a supporter of, of Rodriguez. Like he liked this. He liked El Mariachi. He wasn't not big on Desperado. He liked Once Upon a Time Mexico. He's like three and a half on Spy Kids and three on Spy Kids too. Like he, yeah. he, I, he always admired him for the way he took chances and how he just kind of like you know did this stuff. Like it was only the kind of where he settled where he's like, yeah, that's lesser. <laughs> two, there was two thumbs up for From Dust Till Dawn. Um, Wait, just curious, everybody here, is this everyone's favorite Rodriguez movie? No. No. Mm-mm. Wait, what's everyone's favorite Rodriguez? Well, From a Dust Till Dawn is my favorite Rodriguez movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, mine might be Planet Terror. I really love the whole Grindhouse thing. I'm a big I, Grindhouse No, I fan. love Grindhouse, yeah. yeah. Big Cannon, um, Sharkboy, and Lava Girl. I have not seen that. I'm trying to... I like Desperado a lot. I'm a big Those Desperado fan. Yeah. And I, I do like Desperado a lot. And I like the faculty quite a bit. I that do. Is... Yeah. Faculty's good. He's got a lot of strong, like, very enjoyable, good movies. Like, well, I'm, Yeah, I'm a big Rodriguez like, fan. I, I, I feel like if you put his all, you'd realize he's just kind of like a wash. Like, he doesn't have a lot, like, his bad and good kind of balance out. Well, the ones that I like, I really like. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. That's yeah. The, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. And... It, I mean, it's it's tricky because, like, I admire what he does for sure. And the biggest issue I've had, which is, again, why, like, Alita was like, that's good. Like, it's because he feels like, I've said this before, him and Tarantino, I feel like them working together, that's fun. It's fun to see them collaborate, but it's also neat to, it's... It's neat to see how Tarantino has basically evolved from where he started to, like, go on to different things and try stuff and you know, be new in different ways that are creative where this, where Rodriguez, even though he does these ambitious projects, like, you know, every so often, it still feels like he's stuck in the same sandbox. Like he's doing a lot of the same stuff, which you just, I just, you want him to grow. Cause it's like, he started out like with a bang and, and had a thing going for a while, but then it just comes down to like either the films for his kids, which is like, that's fine. Or the, his his what exploitation films with the machete sequels and whatnot and it's like okay like there's yeah. there, there's so much potential here when you're embracing new technology and making your own studio to create stuff like this where it's like i i want you to grow from there which is yeah, why i'm looking I, forward to what comes after elite battle angel <laughs> it's like now you've dabbled in the 200 million dollar box office or uh, budget world so <laughs> what's what's next <laughs> but do you think I, I don't know. Maybe he has more of a tap on what goings on uh, of things and what people think of him than, say, a Tarantino. Because I feel like Tarantino kind of lives in his own, like Woody Allen esque, where he lives in his own world, doesn't pay attention. He just does his thing. And, you know, oh, well, yeah, there's these awards and stuff, but he doesn't have an ego in that sort of way. He just continues. I mean, he's I, old fashioned and kind of. Uh, shies not away so, not so far up his own ass as right yeah <laughs> <laughs> right i don't know well, there is a i do wonder like i mean i think it's i if anything i think it's because he's more he doesn't he just doesn't care about the hollywood system too much right like he's, he's happy being in his own workshop and doing what he wants to do and it's it's comfortable to be in that position and do things that you know people like but you also enjoy um but you and you have so much 
available to you where it's like, well, I don't really need to stretch my arms too much because it's not like I'm trying to prove anything. I'm just, you know, making fun films of Danny Trejo and whatnot. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for Machete in Space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing. I don't I don't need to see Machete in Space. I'd rather oh, see Oh, I something. do. I do. <laughs> I didn't like... <laughs> I didn't like Machete Kills, so it's like I don't need more. Oh, okay. I don't need more of his Star Wars riff and more Gibson. Like I'm not be like seeing him go in any other direction. By the way, Mar- Marv's not uh, getting those GPS reports. <laughs> yeah, we talked all over Rutger Hauer. By the way, who like yeah. he, he, he has, he's having fun in this movie for sure as well. <laughs> My uh, by the way, I've uh, I've kind of a big collection uh, collection of action figures and toys, mm-hmm. and one of my prized possessions. Is the uh, t- the McFarlane toys uh, Marv in the electric chair uh, that has a battery in it? You flip the switch and his his head lights up, mm-hmm. and he says, "Is that all you got, you pansies?" <laughs> the scene's coming up. I just wanted to mention how, how proud I am to have that in my collection. Yo, I, you know, I totally n- never noticed uh, Aaron the whole Goldie actually in color thing before, and that's how you can tell them apart. That is mm-hmm. pretty. Pretty good. Which plays yep. well right here, where it's like he thinks he's seeing her. And well, he thinks, right. Yeah. Changes, well, I mean, yeah. you know, he's going to let her call her Goldie. She's going to let him call her Goldie. Pronoun mix-up. Although, I will say, just for a second with you guys talking before, would you say that, like, if we are to believe that these guys are all friends, like Rodriguez, Tarantino, Eli Roth, I don't know, I don't know, Rob Zombie. Did Rob Zombie and Edgar Wright do trailers in Grindhouse? They did, they did trailers for Grindhouse. Yeah, they did trailers. Right. Well, for sure, Rob, Eli Roth, Rodriguez, and Tarantino have all worked Yeah, more they're, all, they're all friends. So I think they're friends. I don't know if, well, I think Tarantino is probably, I think, me well, he's the most. he's the most accomplished. <laughs> he's the most accomplished? I don't know if, if the three of them have really grown too much like that none of them have a they're not like pt anderson where i'm like oh they went from this and now he's in his kubrick phase or whatever i don't know if any of these guys are like that you know which is that's not necessarily bad i mean i i would compare this is a different discussion but i i would say tarantino compared to reservoir dogs versus hateful eight which are remarkably similar in terms of plot style, but in terms of as a filmmaker, I think that he's remarkably grown over the years. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, okay. I can see what you're I, I also I, just I like a lot not... of the blood capsules that, that they had to use in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was just going to say something. Abe needed to tell me about blood capsules. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yes, okay, Tarantino doesn't necessarily have like a, you know, de- definable phases in the way PTA does as far as you know how you can see Scorsese in the early stuff, and you can see Kubrick in this, you know, more right. of this later stuff, and you can see, I don't know, Altman in like Inherent Vice or whatnot. You can, there's not like distinct phases necessarily with Tarantino. That said, I structurally and just as a like a, a filmmaker, I can see a world of difference in Inglorious Bastards and 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 uh, Hateful Eight and Django compared to Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or. Uh, even Jackie Brown, which I, I do again. I mean, Jackie Brown is, I think, even that's way different aesthetically than what Pulp Fiction is trying to accomplish. True, although I, I still feel I, he's, cer- I, he's certainly trafficking the idea of homage to the extreme with his right. own unique spin on it. Like that's that's him. Yeah. That is his style of filmmaking. But I can you can say the same about like Woody Allen, where like sure. he, he does the same thing a lot. But I can see a different. Like look at Cafe Society versus. <laughs> Take the money and run. Like they're they're very different movies. Is what Travis what he's doing. 
I agree. No, I would agree with that. Like I, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's interesting because then I, I thought of Eli Roth for a second and actually I really like knock knock. And for him, that is actually pretty different for a Eli Roth movie. He also just hasn't done much. Like, well, the, yeah, I mean, the House of the Clock and its Walls is very different from <laughs> that's, the yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's different. God, I never yeah. saw that. It's I actually it's, it's, plays yeah. to his strengths. <laughs> it plays to his strengths. My, my kids love that movie, and uh, you know, I'm like, there's no way you're ever going to see uh, a hostel or anything. But you know, <laughs> but I think we're also mm-hmm. we're mostly kind of saying House of the Clock and its Walls is probably his best movie. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. Although I got to yeah. say, the Thanksgiving trailer in Grindhouse is. Probably oh, my favorite thing he's ever done. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's question blood. For you. Yeah. Question for you guys: Are his are his his gang? They're also all cops. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then I just um, some rough guys from around the neighborhood. So I I really like this book, the the big fat kill. Like I think that this is like the the Dwight character because he's also like Dwight's in a Dame to Kill for you. He's Josh Brolin in that movie, and the yeah. worst. The, the worst thing about a name we go for is that when Dwight has to get surgery to change his face, Clive Owen wasn't available to do that. So it just is like an uglier version of Josh Brolin in the, like the, the latter, <laughs> the last third of that story is like, well, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think Clive Owen's having a lot of fun here. Like I looking, looking at this cast when it was announced, like Clive Owen, like I like Clive Owen's like, I wouldn't have thought of him as, as Dwight for, for a noir, like a hard boiled noir story. But he works like he's very good in this. I, I like it. He knows how to play the dry sense of humor. I, uh, I he has a good look to him. Like I like how they do his hair, which matters in a scene coming up. It's one of the images that I'm going to talk. Um, I, I'm a big fan of. There's a there's a lot here that I really enjoy. Clive yeah. Owen in general. Good voiceover voice. Oh, of course. And of course, Benicio del Toro is awesome too because he's always he's, awesome. He's fantastic. But they give him this like big chin and all this stuff. Yeah, and that fake nose. Yeah, the, yeah. the nose. Nose, yeah. yeah. If anything, it's the hair is very. Oh yeah, because it's just unkempt. Like that's his look, yeah. unkempt Benicio. Yeah, he watched the crow once and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, yeah, Brittany Murphy's dead. Like, I forgot yeah. that. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's the piece, yeah. Of the people that aren't a lot. Yeah, Brittany Murphy, what, Powers Booth? And, uh... I can't believe I did not know Powers Booth. And uh, Mike, Mike, Michael, Michael, Michael Clark Duncan. I think it's the other Clark one. Clark mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. I forgot about... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Why Look at that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Michael Clark Duncan, I don't know why you recast him with Dennis Haysbert, who's not terrible, but not Tiny Lister Jr. in the next one. It's like, that seemed like an obvious choice, but whatever. Oh, and the integrity of Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> another Another casualty. Rest in peace. Not true. Look at these terrible crooked cops. This is, this is probably the most relevant of the stories as well. <laughs> like, a woman getting beat down by a bunch of dudes, and then, like, the hapless man is helped by the other women to kind of save the day and all of this. Wait, did she... When did Brittany Murphy pass away? A little after this? Because it's been a while, right? Uh, um, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I looked that up. I didn't know that. <laughs> I had to think of There's a good shot. Yeah. You have Dwight just looming there and then opens the curtains and he's in the mirror. I just saw Clive Owen in, um, I finally saw the, is it Anon? Is that what it's called? Anon? The oh. Angel Angels movie. 
It's one of the yeah they Andrew yeah it's on Netflix right. Um, it's okay. Eh, you know, it's like most Andrew Nichols things. But but I was like, oh, I haven't seen Clive Owen in a while. Like, because I do like him. Valerian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> love with children of men. Like, uh, yeah. The the shot that I think of in this, and one of the shots I think of when I think of the comic is coming up. It's where he shoves his head in the toilet. Not where his his head's in the toilet, but the shot of Dwight's face. In the comic, it's holding like, it. yeah, it, the comic, it's like half of his face is covered in, in black because it's like his hair is covering. So in the film, you have, you just see the, the hair over his face and it just looks really cool. I love cool. that shot. It's a great shot. Yeah. <laughs> I like this where he bats his hand away from the flusher. Yeah. <laughs> this shot right here. It's such a like, oh, and the yeah. way that the, the, even the, the lighting of the scene changes to really emphasize the darkness on one side of his face versus the well, other. Well, it's cool about it too. It's not, it's not a quick shot. Yeah, it, it holds. It's a yeah. steady shot. There's a lot of that in... I mean, Tarantino directs one of the scenes in this movie. There's a lot of there's a lot of focus in this segment, which makes it kind of drag a bit, which is why I don't think it's the strongest of the I was always grossed out. No, yeah, it's the... Watch. But, I mean, it's... I guess it's smart to put it in the middle. Yeah, no, it, it's the most concentrated as far as, like, tell, oh, that's great. When he vomits the urine and it's yellow. Yeah, yeah that, that, that color always throws me off. <laughs> like, it feels like this is... If you want to talk about Tarantino influence, like this one feels the most influenced by Tarantino as far as his level of control of the camera in this one, in this mm. in this segment. Like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of letting scenes roll, which is you know it's by the book's design as well, so it's not out of nowhere. But he's just shooting randomly at people because that's what I it know. <laughs> well, that he's got to go tell that to the uh, the armory when he returns his gun. Dwight's Converse are red. Yeah, I do. I like the, mm. I like the red Converse. I noticed that in the bathroom. There's a lot more color in the movie than the books. Like they, he really goes to town. But the books, if I'm not, if I'm recalling it correctly, Jim, like over time is when it kind of develops that more too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, and usually, mostly just red. Yeah. You know, it's very. It's very rare that he uses other colors besides mm-hmm. black and white. The, or red. the yellow bastard, obviously, is like a huge. Yeah, color. he's always yellow. In that, yeah. but... And I, I mean, I don't necessarily see it happening as far as adapting the rest of these. But I always wanted to see the last, this, the the final book, the to Helen back, which at the time yeah. it was rumored that Johnny Depp would be the star of that. That'd be a little more different today. This property's uh, going to wind up being a Netflix series, or I something, don't doubt it. Yeah. I, I, well, I could see that. Or on the El Rey Network. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, about that. yeah good, good call. But like the the final book to Helen back is like the it's the longest. It's one giant story, and it has this crazy segment in the middle where the the lead character is like hallucinating, and everything's everything's in color in like the most like Alice in Wonderland crazy color kind of hmm. way. And I always thought I I always want to know what that would look like in a film version because it's like the rest of it's so like it's this, it's so monochromatic that you get like a good what, like fifteen pages or whatever that are just completely crazy with colors. It's, there's, it's also, like a, there's also another uh, really long Dwight story called Family Values that didn't get adapted either. Yeah, there's a few, right? There's that, a, that's more yeah. of a wholesome story. Oh yeah, totally. You know, because that's what this is known. That's what Dwight's all about. (laughs) Yeah, because like the set, the the second movie only takes like what one and a half because it takes one story and one like one of the shorts. Right from uh, one of the shorts from Booze, Bras, and Bullets, and then the Dame to Kill for. Yeah. Yeah, So there's there's still yeah family values and. uh, Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Ellen back. And family 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 values is two different stories, right? mm Hmm. It's, it, it was all published as one graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, it's published as one graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. Wait, are they? Are wait, are both movies three stories each? This well, this movie is what four and a half or three and a half, right? Three and a half, yeah. You oh, the, you've got you, the you Josh Burnett one. You have the opening, yeah. The opening. But there and those are also like the signature books of this series, so it makes sense as to. 
I guess a Dame to Kill for. I mean, that's why the second one is focused on a Dame to Kill for. But yeah, the yeah. The, so the second one is what? There's one. There's that one. That one. I guess it's like about the same, although that movie's shorter. So. Well, the hard good the hard, hard goodbye is uh, the um the the Marv story. The uh, Dame to Kill for is the one that Josh Brolin, Eva Green in the second movie. Mm. Uh, Big Fat Kill and Yellow Bastard the other two in this movie. That's the shot I was uh, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Alexis Medell shot. Oh, you're right. There he is. Yeah, because yeah, he's driving because he's illuminating her with the head with the headlights, so right. it makes right. her stand out. Which yeah, it looks the same in the book. <laughs> what's Dwight's favorite color? Is red. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what's Bladell from at this point? Like I... Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore. Okay, so mm-hmm. I didn't watch. I didn't watch Gilmore Girls. That's why I didn't know. Neither did I, but I think that's kind of that was the only property that she was in, right, Brandon? Where is that? Yeah, like, I would say so. Yeah. In the, the what the 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 traveling pants movie, right? I th- was that after this? That was Maybe. around this time. Yeah, like around the same time. Yeah. Right? It's before the sequel. True. Still traveling, I assume, is the same. <laughs> I think that's new new pants, trip same trip. travel. Yeah, <laughs> that's a cool shot where gun where Dwight has the guns. The two guns. Yeah, Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> also a good voiceover. Sorry, Dawson. She's a Wonder Woman in the DC uh, animated universe, right? Well, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. And what? Because wasn't um. Carrie Russell's. Carrie Russell's, the, yeah. Sometimes Russell. they flip, flip through those people. Yeah, it was Susan Eisenberg in the uh, series, and then the uh, the one-off Wonder Woman animated movie. It was Carrie Russell, and then since then it's been Rosario. And of course, Batgirl in the Lego Batman movie. If you that's right, yeah. It, oh, that's, it's another yeah. another comic book movie. Yeah. And she was in the Daredevil series. I mean. So. Well, the, all the Marvel Netflix series. That's right. Yeah. The NCU. R.I.P. <laughs> or hey. canceled for short. Hey, hey, P- Punisher yeah. hasn't been canceled yet. It's got a week or so, right? Jessica Jones uh, hasn't been canceled either. Yes, it has. Oh, it has? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's, um, what's it's? Or no, no, it hasn't yet. No, you're right. Yeah. No, yeah. It has, to, it has to air its yeah, final still, season. They're, they're, they're busy filming yeah. the season, so they can't cancel it yet. <laughs> but, but my, yeah. friend, my friend Leroy is on that cast, and yeah, they are. They're canceled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or not the cast. He's on the crew. I'm sorry. There's he works for NY1 uh, News uh, Network on the side, and he also worked on uh, Punisher First Series, Jessica Jones, a couple of the others. There's a there's a nice level of tension in all of this that I really enjoy. Where like you know something, to, even if you didn't read this, you know something terrible is going to happen based off yeah. the nature of the character and all of, you know all of these women of Old Town are like slowly right. like gathering around this car, and it's like it's like what kind of craziness is going to take place right here to get rid of Benicio del Toro mm-hmm. and his his crew of cronies? And it's like the most over the top violence that you can think of to get rid of all of them. Also, these like cops are the. Do I talk about enablers? These cops. <laughs> I think exactly what I was just thinking when he says like she she says that you're not big enough of a man, Jack. <laughs> <Just pushing him. laughs> the thing about Benicio here, by the way, like 
he always looks young to me in this movie. Do you guys it, see that? Like, there's some, well, maybe it's because he's clean shaven, but he just like he he just seems young. But I also feel as though it's a lot of the uh, the prosthetic stuff, yeah, just like smoothing out some of the. Uh... I guess, but it's like you think that would make him older, right? Is that like, <laughs> like, is that, yeah. is that like a uh, swastika shape? No, it, it's a it's a Chinese symbol. Yeah, you, <laughs> okay, it's like weird. Like, all right. Well, look, you can look at the ends of it, and you can see the differences and the way. It yeah. Oh. Obviously, yes, there's a very similar aspect to it that makes it look that way. But... A lot of body humor here with Benicio. That's great! Uh, oh, this is great how he ran to bite yeah. the fingers to get his gun. Right. <laughs> He's dripping liquid paper everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, <laughs> did someone lose a hand in the third story? Uh, yes. Okay. That's the... Is there a hand loss in every one of them, then? I believe so. Okay. Because oh, wow. I, think, I think the yellow bat, I think Nick Stahl, I, I, think, term, I think John Carter yeah, he... um, gets his hand shot off again. <laughs> Yeah, he, well, he gets, yeah. yeah. Oh man! And then they just gotta like laugh at him. Oh! And now, yeesh! <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Miho, uh, Devin, Devin Aoki. Aoki, yeah. yeah. She's What's good she too. From? Like sister yeah. of. Two- uh, the DJ and then heiress to the uh, Benihana. Wait, what? 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 Her brother is uh, Steve Aoki, or was it? Uh, is it? I forget his name. I forget his name, but you've seen him. Oh man! But uh, because she has this like expressionless performance too, in the same way that, like Elijah Wood does. Yeah, and she's like very involved in these and in the comics too. Like she's a she's like the heavy. Like she's like she's what you bring in to like take care of people around you. That'll leave a mark. Yeah, Fast Two Furious is the only thing I can think of. That, that... Wasn't she in that like uh, is it like Dead or Alive with? Oh yeah, that girl film, with, yeah. fighting. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, that, yeah, those kind of that... shots. That line there, Pez Spencer, yeah. makes me laugh. She was in the uh, Jet, Li, Jet Li and Jason Statham movie War. Oh, oh yeah. So. <laughs> if you ever want to think of what the worst Jason Statham movie is or the worst Jet Li movie is, you can just think yeah. of War. <laughs> it was it was their third collaboration, War. That was their worst movie. <laughs> their third out of like well, like six collab. They've worked together a lot. They got those Expendable movies, The One, War. <laughs> Could stop those two. That classic combo of Lee and Statham. I hear Lee's pretty pissed off about Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, he broke up the family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they cast him in Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> and then ideally leave him alive so they could all be back for Fast X. Uh, after after a couple documentaries, I was I, I don't think Ja Rule is coming back. <laughs> I mean, he lost his car. Monica, Iron Jack. Wait, I, I forgot. Sorry, because I have not watched this in forever. Is this wait? So they didn't know that Benicio was a cop because you know he, they didn't know he was a cop. No, yeah, there's like the uh, unspoken truth. The cops don't we interfere. Talking about the cops, so I was like, oh, so we know they're cops. Like, yeah, yeah but yeah, they, the characters do not know they're cops. Yeah, they're about to explain right. it just right now. Ah, so okay, all right. 
none of this rain is real. I don't think we talk about that enough. <laughs> like, there's wind machines, but there's no rain. I never rain. thought about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's hair is constantly moving, but yeah, and the light, there's light, there's constantly lightning, apparently, too. But... <laughs> only in Old Town. It's only, only in Old Town. In old town. Yeah, it's yeah. always lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you literally take one step out of Old Town, you're just dry. <laughs> Something I. I also like about this first film compared to the second is that all the characters are basically doing something heroic. Like even if it tests the scale of morality, it's for a greater good. There's a purpose to them. Marv is trying to avenge the death of, a, you know, of, of Goldie and he discovers this greater conspiracy involving Rutger Hauer's character. Dwight is, <laughs> Dwight is basically trying to, to save old town after defending the honor of somebody. And then obviously Bruce Willis is trying to, de you know, defend Nancy Galloway and stop the yellow, the yellow bastard. But it, the this the Dame to Kill Dame to Kill for the problem is all of the characters their journeys are optional like none of them need to do the thing that they're doing and they choose to anyway which is yes that's a classic noir character type of thing to think about as far as being led down a path of corruption but at the same time you're like none of these people are really like I don't care about any of these guys I don't need to see Joseph Gordon Levitt doing like whatever he's doing when he can just drive away and do anything else <laughs> josh brolin's like just being lured into all this stuff i was like you can just say no and and even nancy because she's like the main focus of one state it's like you know she, do anything else like <laughs> get out of town leaves in city it's a it's the version of the game when you're trying to do all the side quests yeah you gotta, you gotta uh, exactly you wanna, you wanna, yeah you want to see the full ending 100 percent, damn it Exactly. Yeah, everybody in this everybody in this movie is Link. Every... <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that little turn away that he's gonna yeah. do. Yeah, the, the the dramatic turn, the hard, the hard with, top. with like the with big trunk. I like yeah. my favorite prostitute has to be the Zorro prostitute. Marilyn Manson? No, she's like standing off to the side there. She's got the yeah. hat and the uh, mask like it. Zorro. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta dismember the bodies. Yeah. Do they <laughs> in the comics? Did they go into like Dwight's, I guess, talking to himself type thing when he gets into the car with Jackie Boy? They so they inv if I'm remembering right, Jim, they they invent that right. Like it's all inner monologue. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, in the but comic it's just inner monologue. In the movie, they they kind they, of. They stylize it so it's like in the head, and it's it's way cooler. <laughs> like fun, it's, yeah, it's very fun. There's a yeah. that's the that's the scene that Tarantino directed. We'll get to that very soon. <laughs> but it's like it's such a it it feels so dramatically different too, just because of the way it's handled. Like there's even a music cue to be like, and now Tarantino's directing. Like that's. What <laughs> happens. So the uh, it's Clive Owen at this point. <laughs> Um, Dry your hair, you'll catch cold. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Daniel Craig had been announced as James Bond at this point, right? When this movie came out, had been announced. Hadn't. Had not. Um, was this two thousand? This came out April first, two thousand five. So I'd assume it'd be like that November, right? Like, and then Casino Royale came out November the next year, but the the talks. Because Clive Owen was like everybody's perennial favorite that they wanted yeah and he'd been doing, he'd been doing all those bmw commercials as well and, yeah the BMW yeah, stuff. Say closer uh shoot em up shoot em up <laughs> shoot em uh, up was around this time it's a year after this i think it's okay. the same yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah. oh, no, it's 07. It, yeah, never mind. Everybody, so this is the Tarantino. This is the Tarantino thing. Um, it's gonna have right when he starts talking is when it becomes the Tarantino's. It's like, like we can't hear it, but there's a, there's like an, even a music cue. It's like, yeah. and you like get a zoom. There it is. This is where yeah. it starts, right? Because it looks different. Mm. It looks yeah. like a different movie now. Interesting. Like, but look at the face of point. color. The the like it's there. It is. That's that zoom. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> But to finish your point, Brandon, basically, uh, Owen, you're saying that Owen was in talks or people wanted Owen. No, to be... no, that was like, everyone, I don't know where it went. Like, he, yeah. he did he turn it down or says he, he didn't was never, want it? He was never officially like never officially. October 2005 is when Daniel Craig was announced as James Bond. OK, I'm sure people talked to his people about it, but uh, I, I know it's the same logic as Idris Elba, where it's like people like to say right. things, but it's right. actually happening. <laughs> I know yeah. what like Eric Bana officially turned it down, right? Yeah, that was, he did. Yeah. Down, Eric yeah. Bana was in talks to be James He was Bond? like their first. Wow. Cho- he was like yeah. their first choice. for I never did that. that guy needs yeah. to do more funny movies. He can do any. I think yeah, Eric Bana. He's is, hilarious. He do, he I love do, Eric Bana. He's funny, but he can do everything. The guy's That's super talented. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to see him in more movies. That's what I want to see. I know. Like, same here. I feel like he's just been trapped in like random stuff, and it's like it's a shame. And he's on Dirty John now. It's a they could show in Bravo or something with Connie Britton. All this stuff is why Benicio del Toro is one of the best actors working. Like, <laughs> oh, he, plays, no, yeah. he plays completely a different person, and now he's like half of a body, like, yeah, yeah. talking out of a Pez dispenser head uh, with yeah, a gun barrel at his forehead, and it's like humor. funny and dark and like scary all at the same time. Yeah, no doubt. This part is probably one of the the creepier parts when I first thought. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Is is he talking to the dead guy or? Is he not dead? And they're just having this conversation. So. Just the way, like that, when he moves around a, just a tiny bit, and like the the wound opens up, stuff like that is just... right. <laughs> yeah, it's so great that somebody with such an intense look could be so silly with just so simply, and oh, and yeah. you buy it. Like, but I mean, his natural look is grumpy, intense, and mm-hmm. the fact that he's not a he he's not afraid like he chooses roles he plays them in such odd ways that just you know it's a lot it's of people wouldn't shame. take those chances it's why it's just i like the pull over it's just funny how he delivers it i it's why it's a shame that the wolfman sucks so much because it's like yeah. yeah that's a great choice <laughs> he doesn't even makeup he's Benicio del Toro, and yet that's it's such a subdued performance there's only like one part where he's like i will kill all of you like he gets really into it but it's like that's it like there's nothing going on Obviously, there are way more problems with the Wolfman than that. Kind of, I probably, I assume, made it like a hell of a production. But uh, it was, it was a shame. It's like, yeah, perfect casting. Why mm-hmm. not? I want to see it again. Make him another movie monster. Make him Frankenstein, or make him Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> make him the Invisible Man. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lee Wannell. get on to it. <laughs> He's busy uh, writing the remake for Escape from New York. But he's, but he's directing Invisible Man, so he's got that going. Yeah. Great use of the flashlight, you know, just adding the color on Clive Owen's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the gun, does it also have Springfield armor in the comic book? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. That's a intense detail. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just curious. It's, like, it's pretty prominent there. This is the white privilege scene, by the way. <laughs> driving in the rain pulled over by a cop guy slumped oh, over it's oh, you're probably, innocent. You're probably it innocent guys <laughs> just drive off have a good night see ya yeah. wait so is this not Tarantino anymore 
No, it was just no. that car scene. Just in the no. car? Okay. It was the so day just... Tarantino came to see the set. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he films stuff fast and loose is how he's filming this, so it's like it's not like it took a while. You don't need a ton of setups, you're just filming two guys in a car talking. I mean, that guy just must love just like sitting on top of those dinosaurs waiting for people to go into the tar pits. He's been there for four days. <laughs> it's in the rain? It probably cleared up at one point. <laughs> Here we go. Mike Clark Duncan. Oh, Mike Clark Duncan. He's got the golden snitch in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an actor I miss. Jeez. Yeah. It was a great. I always like seeing Michael Clark Duncan. He was a great presence. John Coffey did not like to drink. Uh, did he capture the right aesthetic from the comic book as well, Mark? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Manute is a. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Giant, imposing man, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But Dennis Haysbert's much more giant, right? No. Hmm. He's right. a tall man. I've met yeah, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, tall, tall. That's what I mean, yes. yeah. But not, not, yeah, not in terms but, of, like, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> John Coffey is yeah. a giant. Got it. Again, though, Tiny Lister Jr. would have been a great replacement. <laughs> yeah. Devo? <laughs> uh, he was too busy saving Gotham. Again. <laughs> The unsung hero of the Dark Knight. Exactly. Yeah. Those cats. I say I took it from you. <laughs> Give it to me. It is a good... I do like... I like that scene. I don't care what... It, I don't know why that scene gets a bad rap for whatever reason. I like that scene. I like that delivery. I like that he subverts the, the, the thought. Or he, he throws the damn thing overboard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now we get the Irish mob or whatever to do with this stuff. Yeah. I do like comics that have Irish characters, like watching the, like this or Preacher, where they have to write the Irish dialogue in the accent. <laughs> Shite. Because now you're reading it that way. Especially like having watched Preacher and I'm like rereading re Preacher comics and it's like re reading it in that voice. It's like, that's fun. Because it's written that way, so it's Ooh. easy. Action shot! These guys are terrible. Do you think that they came from Jurassic Park? Because they're, they're... Well, she's dressed yeah. like Sarah Connor. You feel, keep feeling that would be like Zoe Bell. Why isn't Zoe Bell in that part? Like... Right. She's a Tarantino actress and not a Robert Rodriguez. Because Rodriguez films in Texas and she lives in New Zealand. So that's why. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I mean, that grenade really helped out with the uh, the car problem, though. He doesn't have to push it over anymore. That's one of my favorite lines when he says, and everything was going yeah. so well. Like, that's, that's a yeah. perfect, like reading. <laughs> It's so matter-of-fact, like, in the moment. Here we go. What was his name? Tommy Flanagan? Yep. Hold the cap on? Yeah. Yeah. From a... Gladiator and... Uh... Brave, Braveheart? Peter yep. Sure movie? <laughs> Peter, you can't go two days without singing the praise of Braveheart, right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> not a Braveheart guy. They got I their freedom. Again, I did try to give it... When it came on Blu-ray, I gave it another chance. <laughs> and it still failed. Apocalypto is still the only oh, one I really like for him. 
This is his best movie, easily. Oh, so you do like Apocalypto? Apocalypto, I begrudgingly love. Because <laughs> 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 it, it came out after stuff happened, but I saw it for free at college. They had a screening of it. It's yeah. like, this movie is amazing. <laughs> this movie is so good. It's so visceral, and it's like two hours and 20 minutes. There's so much. It's, like, it's, it's a like, long movie. It's a long movie, but it's like, oh my god, the action's fantastic in this movie. It's like Fury Road. It's like all a chase, right? Like I haven't seen it. In yeah, movie. it is kind of. Like, like, yeah, there's yeah. like it's like a good setup. Yeah. And then it becomes just a giant like hell and back type of chase movie. No, it's yeah, it's. Where's that 4K? <laughs> Where's that Blu-ray? I think it's Where's out of print. Blu-ray? I think it's, yeah, out, it's out, of out of print, print now. Yeah. Because that that came out early. That was like one of the first Blu-rays, right? Like it came uh-huh, out yeah. just when it was starting. One of Disney's first ones, yeah. Yeah, so let's get the let's get the shout select edition. Yeah, you can you, you can buy it on Amazon Marketplace right now for ninety nine dollars and sixty nine cents. Ninety nine dollars. Yep, that's under a hundred, Abe. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> the look of these characters with the oil all on their faces, I think, is great. Like, it's, yeah. it's like you have to really do something to make that like work, given the you know the palette of this movie, and I think it, it they it's a great handle on it. Yeah. I also like that line. I, I let him know I'm not fooling around. Yeah. <laughs> each of these are different from each other too. The different books that we see, like I mean, Marv's story. There's a lot more red in it when it comes to blood. Like <laughs> this one, you you really emphasize the white splatter because it's more. Huh, I don't know. Like it's 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 <laughs> there's so much splatter in this one, and it really it 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 makes a choice as to how to like portray that. And then the yellow bash obviously has its own kind of thing going on as well. Here's a fun shot. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too, where he comes out of the windshield. <laughs> That's a great one with the head. <laughs> oh no. Forgot about that. I believe that that was either Rodriguez's sister, I think, or no, is, is it the right? from? It's either her or the actress from El Mariachi. Mm. They're both in this. I know that, but I think that's one. That one was one of the that's other. That's the dude from Gladiator, like the scar. Yeah, Tommy, okay. yeah. Tommy, yeah. Tommy Flanagan. Uh, Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. That's a very uh, Irish name. Him, like um, similar to like uh, what's his name, Omar from The Wire. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wood Harris. Oh no no no! no. Uh, Michael Michael, uh, Michael K Williams. Michael K Williams. I was gonna say I was gonna say Michael T Williams. At, uh, at one but, time in Solo, Michael K Williams. Michael K Williams. Yeah, they both are actors where they had you know a regular face, and then bad things happened, and they were convinced to keep acting anyway, and it certainly worked out to make them into character actors that you know serve a purpose. Yeah. Also, this guy likes bombs. That's his yes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the he's the. Manifestation of Bon Voyage. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. Irish Bon Voyage. <laughs> bon Voyage. <laughs> like, loves bombs. I mean, like, how many how many did he explode already? Like four at least. Yeah. He blew up Miho, and now he's blowing up Clive. It's a weird yeah. like like ethnic thing with 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 Miller in this, where it's like, oh, Irish guys, huh? They're all IRA. <laughs> right. <it's> true. <laughs> Manute, he's a big black man who's a bodyguard. Like it's just like it's this way of doing things. Miller loves the stereotypes. Yep, he doesn't shy away. That's for sure. 
Hmm. He feels good. Job, good. <laughs> yeah. good job. This one has the most deaths, right? It has to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like the hard to buy has a lot. They but fill this up one... the alleyway. <laughs> well, this, yeah, the climax of the story, definitely. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> do they do they say the uh, the name of the book in each of these little vignette stories that we're seeing oh, on the screen? That's that's a noir thing for sure. So yes. <laughs> I think the yellow bastard is probably the least pronounced. Nikki Cat is here. He is like the <laughs> the supporting characters of this. Mm-hmm. Nikki Cat has like such a great delivery of all of these lines. So that guy's forehead, that is a swastika. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. yeah see, he's he's uh, well, cuz he's also, you know, bald and right. white. So, like, it's, like, Again, Frank Miller with uh right yes. It's kind of a riff off one of his characters in The Dark Knight too. Nikki Cat, yeah, like that self-aware guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better be one hell of a driver, buddy. Yeah. hmm How does Jim? How does the comic go with Liddell's character? Is she killed just in the streets in the same way? Because because the stuff at the end is that's like an addition, right? Yeah, it's, in the comic, she's just killed during the the rest of the thing. Just, yeah. yeah, it's a good bookend for sure. Like it, it works really well for the movie. Because it's like it, it's like a, enough. It, they make a they create a loose end by leaving her alive, and then you just close it with Josh Hartnett again. It's a good book in. Yeah. Also, Josh Hartnett also good for you. This like this kind of thing. I mean, he's got like, he's got like twelve lines. Yeah, and but he's, he's got the, he's, stoic. He's got the look. He's got the he's got the the rap. I mean, imagine every actor is probably an initial exercise is to just use your voice in that kind of way, <laughs> but still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about mm. that. Oh, Jesus. You guys call a doctor or something? <laughs> Ooh. And then he just naps Damn, over. Yeah, he's like, like power <laughs> Wait, what's uh, he from? The guy that you guys are talking about? The Nicky Cat? Yeah. He's just a good character. I mean, he's in a bunch of... Tar- he's in a lot of Tarantino's movies. He's, um, Dazed and Confused. He's the, he wants to fight Adam Goldberg in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh my god! Oh no, no, that's not. Oh wait, you know what? This guy, right? Yeah, yeah, Nicky Cat. Yeah, that's that's not. That's the guy in Days Confused with the I'm all, I'm all out of bubble gum or whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Newman. No, that's not who I mean. Newman. I mean the other guy. Which guy? The short guy? Yeah, he's in Kill Bill, Volume Two. Him, he's right the one to bury the body. Yeah, I'm he, done. He helps Michael Madsen bury the body. Yeah, or d- dig the grave, I should say. Dig the yeah, yeah, dig the grave, bury the coffin. This the exhale he does when he gets hit. In the, that's the <laughs> again a lot of thunder and lightning over old. Which Cat. that that is in the book too, right, Jim? Isn't that character in the book? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not new. Like, it's such a but it's such a like a funny thing to add into, into all this. Maybe because it just all seems so dour. It's like characters getting kidnapped or killed or whatnot. It's like all right, let's just let's add this fun guy to like make comments on the things that are going on. Mm. You think these are all just like the the people from craft services? No, they're probably they're all Rodriguez's friends, which are probably yeah, exactly. all. Yeah, no, because Rodriguez does craft services. What are you talking about? He makes the food. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He does. He has all on his. Yeah, DVD, I, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, like he'll on his make... DVD for this movie, it has the ten minute cooking school of how to make <laughs> breakfast burritos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a terrible plan. But like, like, yeah, how this works is beyond me. But it's like I'm gonna show you guys the head. It's gonna have a piece of tape on the mouth for some reason, whatever. And I'm just gonna stand here assuming that you won't shoot me. I mean, That's you know, true. all of it works. It happens. <laughs> Like, she's calling it out. She's the John Cena in the scenario. They're called Decepticons! (laughs) (laughs) Right! Well, at least he's got the uh, the trigger instead of, like, having them... Needing them to remove the tape over the mouth. Wait, where's the trigger? Where's the trigger, man? (laughs) It'll do you no good because, for some reason, bombs aren't that big of a deal in this. Yeah, well, neither are bullets, really. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Unless there's a lot of them and they're perched on top of a roof. <laughs> yeah. Alexis Bledel getting shot. Gus is a uh, Gilmore Girls. No, she's just standing there, like. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 voiceover that Clive Owen, the what he's reading right now is some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, it's a good final monologue to close this out. Especially when he like calls her his Valkyrie. Hmm. Oh, she got shot. Uh, she gets winged. <laughs> Yeah, and then she hides away. Yeah. Like the uh... the red sky really makes it too. Yeah. It's a neat touch. Oh yeah, the red sky. Yeah, it's very right. poetic. I guess because because Clive Owen gets a lot of like wordy monologues, so it's like neat to hear his act like his American accent doing this. <laughs> yeah. Because like Marv's. You know, Marv's phrasing is pretty simple. Like it's it's not really <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not breaking out the thesaurus to get Marv dialogue, but like Dwight is all over the place and having his existential witticisms and what have you. Mm. Po- poster shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Time out, Bruce Willis. Yeah, uh, Willis. Powers Booth. Powers oh man, great here too, and he gets to do that Powers Booth laugh that I really enjoy. Yeah. And the face, the face, the, what really creeps me out the most in the scene are his dentures. Like I don't know if they're prosthetics just for the role or whatever, or there's actual dentures. They just add this creepiness to his face. I think he's like I think Powers Booth isn't creepy enough, right? But yeah. <laughs> I think it's the uh, just the mustache and like the yeah. emphasis on the whiteness of his teeth because I don't. I don't think they're dentures. I, th- I think it's just the way it's shot. Some, yeah, I think you're right. There's just something about it, though. It just really sets off his face. That and the, his eyes. Yeah. I think he's... I mean, that obviously Rodriguez can purposely play with the contrast, so I think that's a part of it for sure. But, but yeah, he's like he's very menacing here doing, you know, just, just monologuing to Willis. Even before he pulls out the gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Powers Booth. Yeah. Be menacing or ordering a sandwich. <laughs> Rest in peace. I want a roast. I said no, I said no mustard. <laughs> I want rye toasted. Yeah. He I was a... want pickles. <laughs> he was a terrific Hans Gruber in uh, Sudden Death. Oh yeah. I remember the first time I remember seeing him was in uh, Southern Comfort with. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, when he passed away, that's a lot of the. I saw a lot of like praise for Southern Comfort suddenly coming out. Yeah, that movie's really good. Right there, that laugh he does. It's so like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he played a, a very good Dick Cheney on 24. <laughs> all the presidents of 24 i like i like how they like the what's it gregory itson or whatever like oh yeah yeah who's like the worst one the corrupt one <laughs> obviously Haysbert. Oh, well oh powers booth and was corrupt powers... when he was on there. oh yeah you go you know, there he was corrupt too yeah and um but cherry jones oh yeah and yeah, cherry jones uh, the what like... there's the one guy who was there for like uh, a season, three quarters of a season before his plane went down. The guy That's, who, beat, uh, beat, who yeah, David yeah, yeah. Palmer conceded the election to. Yeah, which is, he was from, what's his name? He was on Dexter. He was on what that show, yeah. um, Unhappily Ever After. What's it? Uh-huh. And he was on Designated Survivor, actually, too. Mm, okay. As far as President show goes. Yeah, he was, um, he was like one of the top brass guys that's always like on the, the nerves of everybody else. What's his name? It, <laughs> Is it a G? Noise everyone else. Something Carradine? No, it's not. No, it's not Carradine. He was he was on Dexter too, but it wasn't yeah. uh, wasn't him. That's gonna bug me. The little girl is um, Mackenzie Vega, who's spy girl, spy kids mm. Alexa Vega's younger sister, I believe. Oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that makes sense. I'm trying to figure out this Dexter clue because now it's bothering me. <sighs> what does he play? On Dexter, Jeff Pearson, Jeff Pearson, yeah, G, yeah, G E O F, yeah, Geoff, yeah, Jeff Pearson, that's the yeah, Geoff, yeah, Geoff Pearson. Anyway, yeah, I buy, I buy Willis in all of this. <laughs> yeah. It just works. So, um, does film noir? Which is obviously what this is kind of aping. Is that a World War Two or post-war thing? No, it's World War Two, right? It's not it's post-war. Like thirties and forties. Is that where it kind of comes from? It, it's like um, start starts like thirty, ends like mm-hmm. fifty-five, something like that. <laughs> so right. That's yeah. kind of the that's the general range of it. Based then, like, off German expressionism. Yeah. And then uh, what? Neo noir kicks in around late sixties, mm-hmm. early seventies. So like double indemnity, double indemnity, double indemnity is classic oh, yeah. noir. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Double indemnity, Maltese Falcon, Big Sleep. Maltese Falcon, right? Okay, so out of the past, out of the past. I love that movie. The Killers. Yeah, uh, the Killers. Oh, what's the one that I really like too? Um, the one with the suitcase that inspired Pulp Fiction. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That had a great criterion that came out a few years back. I was very happy to get it. A Blu-ray upgrade. This doctor, he's in. Uh, he's in Twenty Four. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's Mike, right? That's oh, that's Mike. right. The guy who, totally. who murdered a woman, yet we cheered on as a hero seasons later. Yeah, we threw the uh, woman down the steps. Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forbes when she was on there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's like he's like and he's like he's always you know he's like a dweeb in that show. Like he has got he's got glasses, he's always like right. president, we gotta do this, whatever. Here he's the head he's like beating up Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes. Oh, 
Bruce Willis, get over good voiceover voice or no? Oh, he's good here. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got yeah. a good voice. He's got yeah. good noir voice. It's not his first rodeo. Yeah, he's yeah. done this kind of thing. It's not his first detective mode here. <laughs> Do you have a Dave voiceover in Last Man Standing? Like, that's been so long since I've. You mean Last Boy Scout? No, oh, last... last Man Standing. Last <laughs> no, Last Man Standing. The, uh, the, um, <laughs> the, you're making a joke there. The uh, the Ojimbo remake, right? Yeah. Um, the 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 third or fourth Ojimbo remake. <laughs> right. Walter Hill, the Walter Hill version. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I I can't think of it mainly because I, I can't think remember. of voice. I can't think of voiceover in your Jimbo either, <laughs> or, or like um, Man with No Name, uh, the uh, Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, because that seems like the kind of thing that Willis would want to add. <laughs> like, right, I should, be, I should be talking over this. I can only think of Christopher Walken monologuing a lot in that movie. I can't think of Willis doing much. I think part of what makes this really work is that you're seeing Willis on it. He gets to he gets to he has to carry these scenes because he's in a jail by himself for a long period of time. Yeah. And he just he's really I think he's really excited by this you know you know a director that challenges him because that's all right yeah no that's him. so he's he's working in something new that's different for him and it's like oh green screens huh anytime let's do this like, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's well, like and, and when the guy <laughs> seems to know what he. You know, yeah, have an idea of what he, he yeah, exactly. yeah. Which is weird. Like, um, he seemed to like have a little bit. Like Eli Roth, he worked good for him. Not saying it was like a brilliant performance or the Death Wish was amazing, but it seemed the most interested and active he'd been in a movie in a long time. Yeah, comparatively, sure. Comparatively, no. It's I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's that's how bad the years have been. That it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that was that was pretty good. Well, let's see, engaged. The the makeup design for the yellow bastard is amazing. I oh think. yeah, like, it's even better than what they do in the comic. Like, cause it has dimension to it now, obviously. But it's such right. a it, and it's such a stuck because it's it's like ugly yellow. Like it's the it's the worst yellow you could have found to like make this work, which is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this this hideous thing, and it's so effective because especially because it's been a while since we've seen color at this point, right? Like we've gotten some red here or there because mm-hmm. of the fighting right like, like splashes here and there but it's my but yeah we've been but we've now been, it's kind of like full on we're stuck in the you know the jail and everything and it's, so it's so monochromatic and we're so like invested in willis's narration of this stuff so you see this ugly yellow thing just suddenly stick out in the corner and it's great it's well, and the, totally... and the way he describes it too i mean mm-hmm. because there's yeah. nothing else the way that he's just like it smells like a rotting corpse or whatever it's like right. yeah man it's not great I mean, I don't think there's been anything as striking as it in the movie since uh, Jamie King right at the beginning during that opening with her hair and her body being like yellow as well. Because like the only like really striking color is like red and then other things are kind of normal. Mixed yeah, it's, in a lot with... of, it's a lot of flashes of things and like, you know, adding some some pop to scenes by having eyes light up or something. All of a right. Where like, yeah, you have something very distinctive that you need to kind of keep focus on that needs to be one of your constants. Like, yeah, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. And it's like a full body, right? It's like, it's, yeah. you know, and like even the coat, like it's black, but it's like, it's a different kind. It's like real black and it ha- you can see the right. texture on it. Like it has, such, it stands out for sure. It's a great design. Like it's such like I hate this character, but like it's such a it's such a unique design for this movie that's already stylized, and you're like now we're adding like crazy goblin monsters on top of this thing. <laughs> still, still John Connor. Still John Connor, yeah. Yep. John Connor, still John. Yeah, for all the crap we're giving Nick's all, like he's certainly committed to these movies. Yeah. I mean, he committed to running away one time too. So I mean, yeah. he he gets into it, man. <laughs> 
It's method acting. What's he got coming up? The murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. Well, Whoa! That sounds like a comedy. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> he was in the unaired lock and key pilot. Oh, yeah. He was on an episode of House of Lies and Body of Proof. But yeah, mostly just... Why does House and Key sound super familiar? Lock and Key? Lock, lock and Key. key. It's a comic. <laughs> house and <laughs> Key! <laughs> That's it's a, well, because that, that's, that's how you get into your house. You use your key. Um, house and Key is that sketch Lisa's comedy with uh, with Doctor House and King Michael Key. <laughs> right, right. We're just this is a free podcast. We're just giving ideas out. <laughs> house and Key. <laughs> Hugh Laurie, King and Michael Key, give us a call. <laughs> Hugh Laurie, King yeah. and Michael Key, House and Key. Lock always... and Key is uh, uh, Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. He wrote a comic called Lock and Key, and they wrote a, they uh, produced a pilot for it that was never aired with a, Mar- a Miranda Otto and uh, Nick Stahl. Uh, and now it's in production again, I guess, yeah, under right. a different uh, different banner, different director. I think Kurtzman, uh, Alex Kurtzman, had the rights for a while, um, and they lapsed. And six, I can't remember who picked it up last, but. So the the original <clears throat> stalled out. But um, ah, 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 oh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I hope that you're here all week. Just, to, just to the rest of this, just to the end of this podcast. Tip, tip your waitress. Miranda Otto <laughs> War of the Worlds. Yeah, and uh, twenty. Yeah, and and Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or uh, sorry, not twenty four. Or yeah, twenty four, and uh, the yep. Homeland. Homeland. Homeland, yeah. Homeland. Yeah. Uh, in this Homeland. in this book, do all the characters converge? Kind of like uh, they are going to converge uh, in this ending here. Uh, not. Sp- I mean, the oh. Shelley character from Brittany Mer- she she does like she's yeah. a constant in all of the books, I believe, right? But doesn't doesn't he see Marv like coming up? No, we saw. Or yes, we do. We see Marv. Be- yeah, to indicate that this is at a different time. It, yeah, it's, it's like Mar- at an earlier point. Yeah, it already, the, Mar- Mar- the comics Mar- are just a shared universe. They aren't shared story. They aren't, the stories don't intersect like this. Got yeah. it. Okay, so this is kind of special for the movie. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they do go to the bar, and you can, one could presume certain things about, sure. you know, when things are taking place or what have you. But yes, as far as it, the movie is just kind of emphasizing the fact that there's a lot going on. Yeah. But it is a nice, like, as far as a movie goes, it is nice to see Marv where, like, you both get a sense of, oh, this is a different time. But also, it's fun to see, like, these characters you already know that are still, like, a part of this. Like, that's a universe. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, compared to, God, that thing is so ugly. Like, and he has stubble (laughs) on his face, too. Like, it's such a, like, everything about it. (laughs) I like how, like, the color washed, like, because this scene, like, the bar has a lot more color in it than most of the other scenes in the movie, obviously. Yeah. And, like, it washes completely away when the yellow bastard comes in, because you're like, you want to, again, make him really stand out from all of this. Is this story the one with the most color in it? Probably. Probably. Yeah, because yeah. there's the most bar in it, right? So Interesting. Because you're barely in the bar in Marv's story. But even the guy, I mean, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty saturated. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have a, you know, a main character is yellow. So <laughs> I think, yeah, probably <laughs> has, has to have the most color in this one. Well, I was just thinking about Jessica Alba, and she looks like Jessica Alba. Mm. Yeah, everybody in the, the bar is mostly color. Yeah, yeah. It's washed out, but it's I, still, yes, it has the most, like, 
aliveness. Flesh tone, yeah. Rat row. Rat row. Yeah, rat row. Also, if Willis wanted to avoid getting Nan's attention, he could have, probably could have done that a little better. Yeah. <laughs> he's he like staring, he's staring daggers at her while saying, I don't notice me. <laughs> Everyone's got a gun in Sin City. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. There's two things you carry in Sin City, a gun and an umbrella in case you go to Old Town. There's so much <laughs> precipitation in Sin City, too. <laughs> I don't know why you live there. Yeah. It's either yeah. rainy or snowing. Are off the charts. Yeah. Not many people know that the city is located uh, south of Honolulu, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good scene. I like the the Willis dialogue here as he's describing how he should shoot versus how the bastard's shooting. Like he's like firing off shots like candy, like things like oh, that. A lot, of, a lot of tough dialogue, but it's like it fits. I mean, if Nancy could just keep her eyes on the road and keep it steady. Yeah, maybe don't drive on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Yellow Bastard driving and shooting. <laughs> he just took down the Yellow Bastard with a car. It's out of bullets. He's doing a Murtaugh here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That's a trailer shot, right? The the car right. like flipping over and everything is a cool shot. Willis is supposed to be pushing like seventy in this at this point in his life, right? That's yeah, that's the character. Say, he said he was pushing sixty before he went to jail, and then he yeah, before he went to jail, jail. Years. for like ten years. So he's in the sixties now. Wait, so she gave him that big kiss, and he's like seventy years old. Yes. Yeah. yeah. According to the story, yeah. He's the Roger Moore of Sin City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Moore. Yikes. I believe "yeesh" is the accepted yeesh. term we use. Exactly. Yeah, that's been used at least five, six times now. Uh-huh. That was a trailer shot too, where they show the hands with the color on it to really emphasize audiences won't wait to see this. <laughs> Do, do they? I forget. Do they explain why he's yellow? Besides, he's like all the surgery. Because because um, Powers Booth character, who's his father, Senator Rourke, he needs his son to have an heir, and because Hardigan shot like his his yeah, balls yeah. off, he he put all these chemicals in him, whatnot, to regrow yeah, back his just genitals. The chemicals. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of a famous yellow character. Um, Marty McFly was referred to as yellow in Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> Multiple times. Yellow beard. Graham Chapman. Oh, yes. Fair. The Minions. There we go. He's yes. also a big... Okay, let's let's circle back to this joke. He's also a big Minions fan. Okay, we'll use that in there. We'll uh, follow, follow that ba- bird, big bird. Yeah, he's yellow. a big, big bird fan. There you go. Isn't it great when I can just narrate the jokes that I would have used like five seconds ago? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that Ask me all the time, buddy. 
Yeah, Alba's not the best at this dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I think Willa sees it too. Like it's in, it's in a lot of his eyes. Right I mean, at this point, she had done what Dark Angel and like Honey? Idle Hand, Idle Hands. Yeah, well, the 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 Fantastic Four. She'd been around for a while. Fantastic Four was after this. It was after this. Yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah. after this. Yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, well, Dark she, Angel was on for like what four years? Or Dark, she was, Cam- she would Cam- wow production. us in uh, Fantastic Four. That's what we're mean. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback yeah, until Fantastic Four. Grandfather. Yes, that's what yeah. he said. Because he, <laughs> Peter is really surprised by this. But it's okay, Peter. In in Hollywood, everyone's older or younger than they they say. So they Frank, are. Frank Miller is not uh, very woke in this. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, that is one adjective I would not use for Frank Miller. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very me too. Like, uh... hold on, you're telling me this 2005 movie wasn't prepped for 2019? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm afraid not. This, this 2019 movie or this 20, 2005 movie based off a book written back in the mid 90s. <laughs> Shame on it, them. Shame. Inspired, inspired Shame by on. noir stories from the 30s. <laughs> Shame on them. Actually, that's a pretty good punch. I like the I, double punch. I like the double take. I love this shot right here of the yellow bastard just bleeding out while you like just finally oh, yeah. sneaking for the first time. It's hunting. Well, I just like how he said, recognize my voice, Hardigan. <laughs> <laughs> And everything's yellow. Mm-hmm. It's just like all the wrinkles and everything, and the ears. Yeah. He's, little, he's got hippopotamus ears. Never noticed. They like they jut out like Homer's <laughs> hippopotamus ears. <laughs> I'll never see Homer the same way again. Oh, I've always thought of Homer's having hippopotamus ears. <laughs> They are kind of small. They're small, but they like jut out from the side of his head, so they, and they kind of like look like they flat back and forth. So, so he knocks out Bruce Willis in the shower, and then he takes off Bruce Willis's clothes. Yeah, so he's, he was in the shower, Abe. How do you shower? Uh, shower. <laughs> you shower fully dressed. No, I, I have a bathrobe on. It, Abe can't afford a washer and dryer, so he does it all in one. Yeah, so I do it all in one. Yeah, I'm oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's why it's weird that he he washes his body with Clorox <laughs> or, or Tide. It's tied, yeah. It's it's tied with the uh, with the uh, uh, fresh scent. Mm. He puts a little bomb on an on an, on a Tide pod and just lets it go. Pretty weird. <laughs> so now this is like villain exposition. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a long time. <laughs> well, because now he's finally talking. Once you open those gates, you can't shut the yellow bastard up. Yeah, you slide out. You got me monologuing. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pretty horrific plan, by the way. It's like, I need victims that will scream. <laughs> yeah. Think of all he could have done in the eight years <laughs> leading up to this. I mean, he's got to <laughs> learn how to forgive and forget. That eight years, really... a long time. Yeah. This is great in the book. Um, that was it. Where, yeah, Hardigan, like, dies, quote-unquote, um, and the book actually cuts to black, too, and does it even like have a page where like it has some credits on it? 
Yeah, it looks like that's the end of the story. It is similar thing when he's in the tar pit too. There's like a whole page of yeah. uh, like the half half the page are just black panels of like mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that's a cool shot over. we talked over too when he's in the when he's in the tar and you see just the white silhouettes like yeah. sinking down. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Rodriguez used a couple of those like in terms of the uh, the the white silhouettes. The white silhouette, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a cool. Look. He, does, like... he does. He doesn't overuse them, which is exactly. Cool. Yeah, he doesn't overuse it because he's he's used it about twice so far and he'll use it for for Hardigan later. Yeah, in the saddest scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy just driving a, a a Ferrari in the snow. This dialogue is great between them. Like he's talking about how ridiculous this car is. <laughs> yeah, clump and schlub. <laughs> That's how Offerman rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He's got all this all this leather and and uh, ear bleached bling. hair and bleached facial hair too. Mm-hmm. This is how we met Megan Mullally. I'm kidding. I don't think so. But yeah, I do like how the yeah the book cuts away and then the movie tries to replicate that too, where it just goes black. I I wish that when I was seeing this, I'm like, are the are they gonna like do like the credits coming up like just a second? And I only had to wait like what 15 years for Vice to pull off the same trick apparently. <laughs> uh, worst city, Raccoon City or Basin City? I mean, you can people can have a good time in Zin City if you're doing it the right way. Raccoon City is infested with zombies. <laughs> yeah. And it's very sparsely populated with bullets. <laughs> Six at a time. Yeah, I mean if you're the master of unlocking, sure, Raccoon City is a breeze for you. <laughs> you probably buy all the ty- you probably buy all the typewriter ribbons you'd ever need in Sin City, but <laughs> exactly. not so much in Raccoon City. You gotta save somehow. Yeah. There's room to grow in Sin City. I mean you could be yeah. Josh Hartnett's hitman. Yeah. Could be a grandpa and hook up with Jessica Alba. So... <laughs> After eight years of prison, yeah. You can hold a steady job. Raccoon City is just like, you know, fighting for my life again. I talked about how these books are all different, the seg- the movie segments are all different. This one, again, there's no rain in this. It's all snow. Like, it, 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 oh, it's, right. it's making some very deliberate choices mm. to kind of to show them differently. Now for dramatic effect, his heart problem is back. Angina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't get a boat called the Live Forever. <laughs> We're going to sail around the world. <laughs> Little Susie's all grown up. It does fit. Like, I like that it comes back. Like, oh, there's Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Read the Bible, no less. Mendoza. But, like, I mean, they set it up early on, and then Powers Move taunts him by saying, it's like, we're going to fix your heart for you to like, so you can live longer in jail, which is so, just, yeah, such a horrible to thing to say. Even more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pluto from Mickey Mouse. He's yellow. <laughs> Yeah, he's also a big fan of Pluto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just throw that joke back in there. Too. <laughs> this is this is the Nick Stahl commitment right here, because now he has to wear the whole body costume right. with the other yeah. I was like, did he gain the weight for this? <laughs> no, yeah, they put, they put a thing on him. Yeah, he's like, he's super dedicated. I gotta by, give the way, me... by the way, he's yellow here. In production, he was blue. Mm. You Earth. mean they just, like, took the negatives? There goes it, the magic. The to, to make the yellow come work on film they made the makeup design was blue right yeah look at the stuff. i never noticed until you mentioned it but yeah there's a lot of really poor facial hair and and also yeah. just hairline in general for yeah it's growing in like all the wrong hair. ways yeah <laughs> it's bad. yeah looks like gi joe hair 
I mean, he could be he could be the the villain for uh, friggin' uh, Green Lantern. This is Sinestro. Uh, <laughs> Sinestro, right? Yeah. Sinestro's oh, the red, color um, color yellow. Sorry, he could yeah. be Clancy Brown's voice, a shit demon in the Clancy Lantern. Brown. <laughs> That's the knife. <laughs> uh, this was a. Uh, I wanted to mention this earlier too. This was a Blu-ray that I was, or a, at least a DVD at the time that I was excited for because I wanted to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff on this. How Rodriguez made this come to life and everything, let alone like the full versions. Like the, uh-huh. there was an initial, initial release that was just bare bones, like in a trailer and like a five-minute making of or whatever. Yep. Months later, they came out with a double disc edition that had both this version with a bunch of commentaries on there, which were great. Um, as well as um, all the making of stuff, which Rodriguez, he's very happy to show you how he does these kinds of things. And it had the full versions of each segment you can watch separately. You can watch, like, basically, you can basically watch the entire book on each of each story, not not interconnected in anything. Um, but you, but the one of the more unique things is that he actually has the full, like, green screen version of this movie sped up. So you can, like, you can watch all of how this came together. That's pretty cool. And like in real in real time, obviously it's it's sped up like well like you know a bunch so you can watch it in like ten minutes. Or time whatever. lapsed. Yeah, t- thank you. T- that's the word. Like time lapsed, but you can see all the the work that's done to kind of make this green screen world to come to life. The lack of props that are on set, the way the actors are not involved with one another and everything. It's very it's very neat. Again, some some strange choices here. It's snowing, but he's in his boxers. Yeah, in a barn. Well, you got that adrenaline going. I, I get that. That's fair. And, I mean, I don't know how much the yellow bastard feels at this point. <laughs> he probably felt that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to leave Mark. Uh, I mean, just imagine how strong Hardigan is to, to do that. Oh, man. Yeah, and then he, and then he just goes. Oh, goes, again? Again. Jeez. Again, I'm going to genitals. What's the like, just wet chunks mm. of bone? That's such a great like descriptive line of what's happening. Yeah. Wet chunks of bone. There's a great frame here in the comic where it's just like the body with the yellow like splotch where his head used to be. Yeah. Man, dude, Hardigan's dry cleaning bill is gonna be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dry cleaner's like, oh, you like mustard, huh? <laughs> I like how big the coats are in this movie. There's something about yeah. just how they're st- how the costume design is styled, where it's like it's over exaggerated. Like all the like Dwight's coat, multiple Marv coats. That he Marv, kills yeah, I was like Marv's coat's his... like his, his shoulders are broad, but they're not with coat on broad. Yeah, and even Hardigan's every time Hardigan like Hardigan gets two shots, and they like just take out a giant chunk of coat every time he gets shot. And it's like wow, <laughs> those are big coats they're wearing. <laughs> It's cold in it's cold in Sin City. No doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's always raining and snowing. Exactly. By the way, Jesse Alba just got a fancy sports car. <laughs> well, she she doesn't leave the city. We know that. Yeah. So you know they're gonna know who it is. <laughs> she could just change the plates. Sure you are. You buy into Willis's like his quest to like be the the White Knight in all of this. Yeah, that's true. Like he he's like we like we Brandon you like brought up like he's trying like he wants to be here. Hmm. And why wouldn't you? I mean, the sequel I don't know maybe it's just because he'd been there and done that. But there's 
you know, get asked to be like a noir hero in a unique digital production. It's like, yeah, that's that's intriguing. <laughs> like, I mean, he was the main focal point of the poster. While it had a lot of cast on, he was front and center. Well, because he was, yeah, at the time, he was the he, biggest star in this cast. Like, it wasn't Mickey Rourke. No, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. As far as that name poster goes, he's a, he's the smallest, <laughs> right? <laughs> <He's> the bottom. Because <laughs> we're not supposed to call it a comeback yet. Yeah, I was like, it was still during his. I was gonna say comeback period. Mostly because he's been here for years. But it's, he yeah. worked with Rodriguez right, but like on, once uh, upon a time, time in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Oh. That was the first movie where I was like, oh, he's back. He because he had that in, like Man on Fire in the same like yeah span, like Spain like six months span. Mm-hmm. Man on like, Fire, it, forgot about that. Yeah, he, he's. Yeah. he's He's like like corrupt. <laughs> he's one of the corrupt of course, guys. yeah. When is he? <laughs> he's he's working with um, Mark Anthony, also starring. In and he also was in Domino as well. Domino, yeah. Oh, well, I, I little, forgot about a, this ending. I forgot about a few about years this. later. You know, yeah, what this is the about there's no hmm. snow or rain in this hospital. <laughs> it's just raining inside. <laughs> just, why is it regular? This is throwing me off. This is kind of an odd location where it's like we've seen everything so far, and it's like, oh, there's an interior hospital now? <laughs> yeah. Man, there must be a busy-ass hospital, too. Right. Mm. That said, I do like that you see Judge. Like, it's a, it's a great coda. I, I really yeah, like it this is. a lot. Yeah. I mean, you can't smoke inside, Josh. And you're a doctor. <laughs> you shouldn't be offering her cigarettes. Do you guys remember when the cell phones are cool? It's like, even the cell phone, like the flip there to end it all is great. Uh, Pac-Man. He's a yellow. (laughs) 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 I love it, Brandon. I love it. (laughs) This this combined score by uh, Debney, Graham Ravel, and, and Rodriguez, I think is very good. I think it... I, oh I no, it's good. Yeah, the the brass that they use to really. Sorry, I just remember her, her brother's name is Steve Aoki. Steve, I said Steve. Oh, did you? Okay, I yes. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just probably didn't register at the time. They, but, uh, Aaron. They did get. They used the score for the trailer, right? So it was like a, a trailer that had the score from the movie in it, right? Um, the, the had in the the teaser they had that song, uh, "Cells." Um, what is it by? Because it's like. By the servant, yeah. There's a there's a particular song. Like if you heard, I'll put it in this episode. They'll probably start with that song. But um, there was a song that they used, like an instrumental version that I okay uh, that was pretty. But yeah, like the the like TV ads and the main like the rest of the ads. Yes, they all use the score. Yeah, I like you mentioned the trailer for this because I forgot how excited how exciting that trailer was. People were going crazy. Uh, even oh, like yeah. the yeah. even looks like the because they used the like the animated rain. Like it was like a white. It was styled like the white silhouettes except it was with the rain it was like coming yeah. soon and it like it was just like a really cool look for everything and yeah you're seeing images that you've basically never seen before in this way yeah like showing you like highlight reels of something unique based off an obscure comic at that point as far as like general audiences go it's like yeah it was and, like, like all of these people are in this people that yeah. i mostly recognize yeah why not like the test for this was like schindler's list and then they're like okay we can go ahead with sin city now we got that technology down <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I like the restraint that Rodriguez has here on just the credits. Just regular. The whole entire movie's been stylized. He's like, no, regular credits. He was too focused on uh, everything else. He got to the credits. He's like, yeah, screw it. Yeah. 
Shilamar. Good job. Now I'm kind of curious about uh, the Dame to Kill for. What's the title? Yeah, Sim, Sim City, yeah. Dame to Kill for. Dame to Kill for. Now. now I'm like, hmm, I might put that on. Like, Yeah, I, I revisited it last week, and it, it just... Not, not great? It's not it's great. Not, like, yeah, otherwise, I just want to say additional point. engineering, Mark Curry. And did they, they they tried to sell like spirit like it, or make the movie in like the same fashion like I'm not familiar with that one source material but they tried to make it like oh this is kind of like Insidious right? It reminded it's me a, of it. He took I mean obviously he took that approach I mean right. right. Or, I'm sorry. Hey Miller. Greg Nicotero supervising the effects. Well of course. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot Greg. <laughs> well he's been with Rodriguez since at least for us to from dust till dawn. Uh-huh. I like I like to shout out a homeboy from Pittsburgh so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the spirit, which is a well, disaster. Not great. Yeah. Oh my god! Remember, like the cake was red, and they. Yeah, I yeah. actually saw that in the theater with three other people. Three okay. others? Three Did you others turn to them? The... You guys are gonna love this. <laughs> Thanks but, for no, <laughs> no, I did not. If you guys fact, started riffing on it. That'd be great. That was the first movie I watched when I came back from Israel. Oh, oh. Okay. back. Because it came back. It, it came out. I went to Israel during like the like Christmas, um, like yeah, from like the like January or December twentieth all the way to like the beginning of January. Came back and all the Christmas releases came out. So you had that Benjamin Button, Valkyrie. So I saw all of those movies, and the Spirit was the first one I saw. Oh, wow! <laughs> what a, like, what, a, what a was, time to be alive. <laughs> this was not good. And also <laughs> being jet lagged from flying back from Israel, not great for Benjamin Button, <laughs> which is three hours. <laughs> <of change>. oh. <laughs> Or for, or for the spirit, which seemed like it was four right, the, or five the spirit hours. just ended like five minutes ago. That's how long that movie is. Wow, it's been going on for fifteen years. Yeah, it's the Showa of movies of, of yes. movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a you know beloved pulp character from you know predating superheroes, uh, done by Frank Miller, uh, Eva Mendez, and had a decent cast. So I'm like, oh great, I'm going to see it opening weekend. And uh, hey, what's his name? Gabriel Macht. Was the was the spirit? Yeah. And then you had Samuel L. Jackson as what the is it the octopus or something like that? Yeah, the octopus. Yes. And him and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And then yeah, you had like this giant cast, and it just was awful. Oh, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. I, I I hope Brad Bird someday gets back to making the spirit that he wanted to do. And it's so far from what the original comic. was was it's, it wasn't even it might as well just be another like you know sin city movie you know it's just i don't know i like yeah. the trailers too even like it set me up to think like oh he's got this will eisner thing go he's gonna make this happen sure let's right. see what this is. i love the tagline my city screams like that's that's just a cool way to phrase something. all the promotion for it really made me you know excited to see it and that's why i went it to did, you know opening weekend and, uh... it did a great job of hiding how terrible it was. yeah yeah <laughs> That was a Lionsgate one, right? Yeah, that was Lionsgate. Yeah. Where does he go from here? So after this is Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I think it's like the same. Yeah, it's the same year. That was, that was written by movie. his son. The story. Yeah, you get the story was by his sons that they he gave him he gave, gave him, him a credit, credit right? for yeah. it. He gave him a, he gave him a story credit for it. Yes. Uh, I wonder why they have Jim Steranko and Alex Toth and Lynn Var. Well, Lynn Varley is. Uh, they have Jack Kirby and Joe Kubert too. Those were all comic artists. Yeah, Joe Kubert. Yeah. I remember seeing him in Wizard Magazine. 
I guess we didn't know that Frank Miller did co-direct this film. Like, Robert Rodriguez did yeah. not want to say, take sole credit because he based everything, like you said, Jim, off his storyboard. So he, that's why he resigned from the DGA. The, yeah, DGA, because it's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't make this movie and say that I directed it, but I also can't, like, claim DGA credit with a movie with Frank Miller. So I guess I'm just right. going to have to resign. Like, that's how it works. Well, that, that was, was Sin City. City. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, are, talked all through that one. You are now you are now leaving Sin City. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Please don't come back or bring an umbrella for us. <laughs> or a snow coat. Yeah, that too. I think Bold the snow coat is probably boots. Very high boots. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was Sin City. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. Very Let's go over. Let's get some plugs going here. Where can people find everybody online? Let's start with uh, Jim Dietz. Um, at Yoda Jones on Twitter. I'm on the HHWLOD Podcast Network on the Walking Dead TV podcast, and my new um, autobiographical podcast of uh, creative nonfiction called Eighty Sixth: uh, A Life in Kitchens and After. You can also catch me on Nothing's On weekly with uh, Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor on the Taylor, Taylor Network of podcasts, where we cover all the movies and TV of the uh, news of the week. Brandon Peters. I uh, find my typed up words at whysoblue.com and then my podcast is called Cinema Cavalcade, which is called cinemacavalcade.com on iTunes, Spotify, and where podcasts are found. Our current episode is a movie called Robo Vampire, which is bug nuts. I mean, <laughs> like, insane. It's it's amazing. Uh, and then Aaron, you'll be on our next one, which will be uh, Chill Factor, the uh, the uh, the almost uh, lethal weapon pairing of uh, Skeet Ulrich and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. that never was. <laughs> uh, Peter Paris. Uh, actually, just I have been off social media for a while, but I've been getting back. Um, Instagram and Twitter, I am Pajamo. So that's where you can find me. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. All my writing eventually goes over to my blog, thecodazeek.com. Abe? Twitter.com slash rollwithsmoose, hashtag you forgot to flush, and uh, Instagram, Abe.mua. Uh, yeah, you can find all the other episodes on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, everywhere you can find our. We're on show. the Google machine. We're on the Google machine. You can Facebook and Twitter, our page as well. We're all you know where you can find all of our things. Uh, thank you, Jim, Brandon, and Peter for joining us for this commentary. Thank you, guys. Jim, Brandon, and Peter. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Thank you, Abe, Aaron, and Abe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna do it for this one. What's what March is coming up? We got, we got there's a lot of movies coming out in March. We'll, yeah, uh, I mean we can watch Ryan Gosling and George Clooney. It, it, what the Ides of March? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for putting that together. Can we keep the Willis train running? Willis we probably train. could, quite honestly. What does he have in March? Not of him, but um, something that, having an anniversary or tying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was some Willis movie that came yeah. out in March. There's got to be. There's got to be. We'll it's see the, what we can do. It's we'll the anniversary of the release of The Return of Bruno. <laughs> We're, we're a year we're a year past the 20 year anniversary of Mercury Rising, so we'll we'll just have to see what we can come up with. But uh, yeah, until next month when we come up with a new commentary idea, and until next week when we talk about whatever we're talking about Lego movie. After that, we got Alita. We'll talk about the next Robert Rodriguez movie. But until all that, until next time, thank you all for listening. Until next time, so long and goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>